0: Merry Christmas, 007.
1: I'm Sir Hilary Bray.
0: Oh, no, 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 Mr. Bob. Respectable baronets from the College of Heralds do not
2: seduce female patients in clinics. On the other hand, they do get their professional details
0: right. The Blochamp tombs are not in the Augsburg Cathedral, as you said, but in the St. Anna Kirsch. Sir Hilary Bray would have known. A small slip. Takes more than a few props to turn 007 into a herald.
2: Take more than cutting off your earlobes, Blofeld, to turn you into a count.
0: I may yet surprise
2: you. Do you expect me to
0: talk?
1: never happened to the other fella. Hello, welcome to the 007th edition of Do You Expect To Talk, a podcast all about the James Bond movies. As you might have guessed, this week we're discussing On A Majesty's Secret Service, starring George Lazenby as Bond, Diana Rigg, George Baker and Teddy Savalas, written by Richard Maybaum and directed by Peter Hunt and released in 1969. With me as always is fellow Bond fans Chris Byrne and Dave Bond. So guys, what did you think of On A Majesty's Secret Service?
3: Uh, well, seeing as it's i think it's no uh, surprise really that uh it this is uh, dave's favorite bomb film so um i'm going to let dave talk first
2: i've almost uh feared doing this podcast because i don't know if i can talk coherently about this film for about 2 hours
1: he loves it's, it so much
2: yeah it it is some of that i mean i i first saw the i can't remember my first viewing but i know roughly when it was it would have been around the mid 90s so I'd had bomb films as part of my life for about ten years, and Lazenby was just the forgotten one. It, it was just a Oh, There was another guy and he did he did one, but yeah, it, it didn't do that well. And, I
3: I, uh... I, I remembered that as well, and it was mm. it was really weird. Cause it was like a little surprise. It was almost like the same surprise of hearing like oh Timothy Dalton did another one, <laughs> like the you know um mm. uh, uh Living Daylights that, that exists. Oh I didn't know that because there's such a difference between that and License to Kill. Uh, but. Yeah, it's it, he has been a bit unfairly treated, hasn't he? Um, uh, old uh, Lazenbray? old George, <laughs> old, old, old George. Even though he kind of has brought it on himself somewhat at the time, uh, but I don't, I don't know. But I don't know. Uh, do you think he would have gone on to do other stuff? Like, do you think he would have been as good as he if he stayed on?
2: I think it it really. I I think it really would have depended on how they reacted to the performance of this film because two weeks ago we were sat talking about Thunderball taking $141 at the worldwide box office, 60-something of that in North America. Tonight we're sat talking about a film that did somewhere around 81 worldwide and 23 of that at the US box office. Um, We can see that uh, the Bond series does this a lot. Next week is something of a, of a perceived overcorrection to this. It didn't do very well, so it's quick, let's make Goldfinger again. And I think had they stuck to their guns and said, don't worry about the performance, we're, we're trying to get you known, and they'd looked at some of the reason for the lower box office, which may not have been as low if Lazenby hadn't already quit, um, and said to Peter Hunt, keep doing what you're doing, and we got the sort of revenge based Diamonds Are Forever we all sort of salivate about, then yeah, I think he could have gone on to be a very, very good James Bond in a very, very good series of films. But unfortunately, there was a huge course correction, and I don't act, in some respects, I wouldn't want him to be tainted with the Diamonds Are Forever we got.
3: Yeah, it, it almost feels like it was always meant to be, like, because uh, Majesty's always sticks out. Uh, in the it's very an important thing and I know it's like the common thing to say that amongst uh, Bond fanatics is that um, it would have been the best Bond film had Connery did it. Um, but Bond. things I cannot see Connery in this at all. No. Uh, so I so I can only imagine. Well, I know for a fact that if Connery was still game and still around to you know, still wanting to do this, it would have been a very different film completely. Uh, whether it would have been good, different. I don't know, but I it would have been a
1: different film. This one's kind of more stripped, uh, stripped back as well, isn't it? Mm. Well, it
3: it's different. it think so. It's a completely Well, I think this is like probably most of the second time uh, the uh, the, uh, the Bond franchise has gone almost like a different sort of style. It feels like a different kind of flavor. It, it don't like I, I imagine the same sort of thing happened with Goldfinger, where it's like, oh my god, this is like Bond but glammed up. This kind of, you can tell with the artistic touches that it, it takes risks. Uh, it it does things that yeah that isn't normally in a bomb film. That hasn't happened in a bomb film and hasn't really happened in a bomb film since. Uh, which I kind of like, and I kind of wonder if they'd have stuck with that. Uh, as if if Peter Hunt did did stay on as well. Um, but I, I, so but i don't know it, it kind of just feels like it's meant to be because it because it is such a prominent bomb film it does step away from the form yeah. it is like well yeah, it's the one where he gets married basically uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, tend to
2: think, I tend to think that it's a strange thing to say about the sixth film in a series but it occurs to me that a, a sequel to this would almost like be doing a like doing a sequel to like et or something like that, <laughs> it, 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 which is odd to say about a franchise, but it, it's all—it's almost meant to stand alone. But the only—the
3: only thing missing is the follow-up sequel. You know what I mean? It's—it's it's, it's mm-hmm. like you want the you want a big
1: revenge thriller, don't you? Yeah, you want the blow
3: felt. I, get I do, muffins. but it
2: would have to be of the same standard. I—I I would be, you know. It—it's a bit like. I mean, we'll talk about Quantum of Solace later in the series, and whether it's sort of almost taints casino royale by association um i just i don't know i i i can't help but think if you put peter hunt and george lazenby at the forefront of diamonds are forever we would have got a significantly better film than we got
1: yeah definitely i i agree so i think that's why we are more interested
2: and just a director with a much much better eye but it's a risk
3: I don't know, I mean, the thing so would Lazard have been interested, because he was being a bit of a dick. Basically, like, <laughs> like, I, I don't, because apparently Diarig hated him, uh, for what I understand. Uh, uh, but I, I I think he kind of freely admits
1: that. He, he was just being a, he acted.
3: He said
2: he had a lot to gr- of growing up to do before. He...
1: Yeah, he kind of got a bit too big for his boots, didn't he, I think. And... Yeah, he's
2: demanding Rolls Royces to and chauffeuring and Demanded the treatment of a of a star, I and mean, yeah. so the producers replied, "Let's see how the film does first.
1: No, exactly, because uh, he was he hadn't had any acting you know acting experience prior to Bond, and...
2: he he had he'd done the
1: but yeah like his Chocolate <laughs> commercial. So I, up, I, yeah, apart from that, he was carrying
2: yeah. a box of chocolate in that.
1: Oddly, <laughs> a milk tray man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Turkish delight. He was. He, we posted it on our Facebook page and Twitter page earlier on. Actually, um, check
1: it out, everybody. Check
2: it out. He. That's how he. George Lazenby uh, came to England, I think, to pursue a lady, basically, <laughs> and when that didn't work out, he ended up selling cars in Mayfair, I believe, and he was immediately one of the top you know, car salesmen around, and then he was spotted and became one of the top pe- paid male models in Europe. And he just happened to have his hair cut at the same place as the the um as Cubby Broccoli.
1: Um, I love that story about yeah how he got the yeah got the uh, Bond gig though. So he got an English haircut, got an English suit, and basically just turned up for the job and charmed his way through. And there we are.
3: Yeah, basically, sort of like he kind of snuck in like through uh, reception, ran upstairs to the office, and said like, hey, "Are you looking for James for the new James Bond? Here I am." Yeah. I, I'm Literally. <laughs>
2: Amazing. And, and when they said, uh, and the great the great thing for him was, or the fortuitous thing for him was, no IMDB. So when they said, what have you done? He just named a load of stuff he'd done in Italy, which was complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Made
1: it
2: up, but there yeah. he is. Um, that, uh, what, I, I mean, he, he does get, you assume that it, it gets talked about as though we've had five world-class thespians and a male model. And, you know, play this role. And, I mean, the fact is, he did four months of screen tests. Peter Hunt shot far more footage of him in preparation for this film than he ever did filming it. You know, Lazenby was as well prepared as he could be, given the lack of background.
1: He did a good job, though, I think. it's You know, performance, he stamps his own on the role as well, so.
3: Yeah, I mean, for a debut as well, this is debut acting, yeah. and it's like a lead in the probably the biggest franchise there is. Mm. You know, it, he does a good job considering. I mean, yeah, he not... steps
1: up to the plate on you know, more than one occasion. So.
3: Mm. I mean, there are moments where mm. his line delivery just falls flat, and I think that's where he falls down.
2: It clunks badly in about three or four places for me. Yeah,
3: it's yeah. not a perfect performance. The,
2: the first time I saw this film, I think I'd either watched, I, I must, it, it was obviously pre Brosnan. I think it was pre Brosnan coming to the role. And we'd had a lot of Roger Moore films where he wasn't in shape. And the last couple of Sean Connery films, he wasn't in shape. And there's a part in the film where he goes up and and he has a... The first fight, no, not the first fight scene, because that's pre-title, which we'll get to in a minute. But he he has a fight in, in the hotel room and he heads back to his own. And he's looking in the mirror. And just as Tracy reaches for the gun, his waist is in shot. And you just look at him and you just think he is in really, really good shape and he good. we've learnt not to take that for granted over the years with Bond actors I mean he was in good shape and for such a sort of uh, burly physical Aussie fella who was used to sort of fighting and putting it around <laughs> he plays vulnerable very very well and that is the number one reason I cannot see Sean Connery in this film I cannot see Sean Connery at the ice rink later in the film saying some people are after me and no, suddenly really frightened scared. and scared
1: Connery couldn't pull that off
2: yeah Um, you know, funnily enough, it's got nothing to do with uh, acting ability. It's all to do with the sort of quality they give off because when I picture him cradling Tracy at the end of the film, I can only picture Pierce Brosnan and the other Bond actors doing that.
3: Because he's it's only Pierce and who kisses dead people.
2: Dead kisses dead people. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, you don't know what he'd be up to by the policeman pulled up yeah, on that yeah. bike. Oh, God. We'll be moving on in a minute.
3: I think, I think this, this, this is the first. Um, this, I think it's the, the example of a Bond necrophiliac, isn't it, really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, is he the best actor to grace this series? No. I think he looks the part. I think he does action very well. I think he does the fight scenes well. really, really well. Yeah, really like,
3: good fight scenes. I think uh, he, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm gonna dare say he does it better than Sean. Yeah. I was just
1: about to say the same, Chris. Actually, probably yes. best at anything that Sean does. Because really, I don't know. Really
3: he's, he's just so lively and just so like, yeah, just get in there and just like. He and, does it for
1: real as well. Like in, yeah, in the like, scene where he's kind of captured by Bluefield's guards, he's really giving them a hard time. He's
3: hmm. just full on. Like swing, like even when he's like in the beginning bit where he's like fighting in the sea, he's just proper going for it, like jumping up and flinging his arms around and just getting himself in there. So yeah. it's just like, oh, yes, um, well, the kind of
1: he stage he's actually connecting, you know, making a connection between fist and face. He's mm.
2: like, oh, he, he's reminds me of well, no, he doesn't remind me of Dalton, he's got a similar problem to Dalton, but for completely different reasons. I think he's really weak on humor, but. Whereas Dalton kind of half spits the lines out resentfully when it's a quip.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: George does them with such gusto. Mystery tour, eh? And, uh, <laughs> even when he, you know, good old, same old money penny, Britain's last line of defence. And I'm thinking, calm down a bit, George. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> um, it. He's
1: really overworking it a little I bit. I don't
2: like him in humorous scenes. I, I don't like his Bond, James Bond, at the start of the film.
1: My name's Bond. Really? Oh, like
2: it. Yeah. She's only two feet away, mate. Calm down. Um, <laughs> but anything, well, action, oh anything action, anything vulnerable, like Sean, he does. He, he does a pretty good seethe. <laughs> He's we not wearing a, a wig. Um, I, I, I. You know, I think I don't know if it's caring what other people think or not. But for years, I did sort of trot out that line: best Bond film, worst Bond. Don't agree with that in the slightest. Lazenby is perfectly credible in this role.
3: I think the only thing's really let him down is apart from like the fee line delivery, which to be fair, this is his debut acting gig, and we would have you know let's maybe like other entries if he stayed on would have remedied
2: that you um, watch the scene with, you watch him in the scene he plays with Draco, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll come back to Draco. Um, he's really good in that scene. It's a very calm, relaxed scene mm-hmm. where he talks about you know he, she doesn't need me, she needs a psychiatrist. Yeah. And, and he plays that as well as as any other actor in that has graced the role would, I'm sure.
1: And also you've got the scene between like him with Tracy and Draco as well, and they're kind of saying, you know, arranging the dowry and things like that. Yeah, and and like the it's, bit, bit where right the, the car's scene. creepy. Yeah, it's a little bit creepy. Because they're but both looking at fun. Draco,
2: and you can imagine one of them sort of working the balls while the other one works the shaft. <laughs> Uh, I just think it looks a bit creepy <laughs> they look like they 're about to give him a happy ending.
1: you said it, not me
2: <laughs> uh, but as I was saying, I think there are other reasons why
3: anyway <laughs> um, on.
2: Uh, and the, it's not uh, just his hand job technique that won him the role <laughs> I'm playing.
0: really
2: <laughs> but yeah, four months of screen tests um uh, he looks good in in most of his scenes, he looks good in in all of his action scenes, and I can count the number of scenes where I go. That's not so good on on one hand.
1: Yeah, it's a I mean, mixed mixed performance overall. I think.
3: I mean, to be to be fair, I mean it is another thing that kind of lets him down. It's kind of not his fault, but the film. I think this is one bomb film, and for a good chunk of it, he's dubbed. Because because of what because of the storyline of the film, he goes into interpreting this character who is like so he got like the voice of Hillary, the actor playing like. Um, or hilly, as you might to be called with the ladies. Hilly,
1: <laughs> <you're a devil.
3: laughs> yeah, but but like you got a large chunk of it uh, wearing a kilt, and a, and and a, and a, and he's the only one to wear a frilly shirt as well, which is kind of like which is very just odd it,
1: it looks good though it looks it's good. Its time.
3: It, I know yeah but I can, again I can't see Connery wearing one
1: I'm not Russians
2: sure are... I, I, I can't I can't say with confidence it's the only frilly shirt yeah but we'll find out in the next couple of weeks <laughs> I,
1: mean, I, mean, I, just, does, I just
3: kept thinking Bond. very Austin Powers and I think it's the only yeah. time Bond has worn like a frilly shirt uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, even in the casino scene he just like it, I don't know there's something about it just like I don't know I don't think I like seeing Bond in a frilly <laughs> shirt it's, it was the late 60s, you know, fashion Yeah, it was and But I, again, I don't see why
2: This beats the end of the 60s by 13 days This is released on the 18th of December 1969
1: Cutting it, and fine. it, cutting yeah,
2: it fine And you can f- feel The 70s starting to creep in a little bit I mean, the the, the casino scene the, it, Very garish, purpley walls reminding me of the uh, comedy It still looks fantastic
3: Yeah
1: Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, the sets just look absolutely amazing the whole thing's photographed really beautifully I mean, you've got sort of key colours um, obviously I wasn't around in the 1670s but I've done a little bit of reading, sort of key colours all being purple, like orange and kind of an amber sort of colours So,
2: Yeah, and it's it's probably the last Bond film we get that's fairly faithful to one of the books
3: Oh yes, it's extremely faithful, really it's yeah, like
0: sure.
2: in... yeah, I was trying to... I, I, I did have a quick sort of précis of the, the plot of the book earlier, just because I've read the book and I just wanted to remind myself what was different. Um, and there really are quite minor differences. Um, I think
3: uh, it's mainly with Tracy, isn't it? Because Tracy's character is different. It's more like. Is it blonde right for one
2: point. thing? <laughs>
0: hmm? She's, she's uh,
1: blonde, I think, for one thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, she is. She, she's she got a different look. And, she, and uh, Diana Rigg wasn't first choice for the role. We'll
0: come to
2: casting in a minute. But um, the, the only difference, the differences I can recall. Are the order of everything at the start where she walks into the sea to kill herself that takes place after he's met her at the casino, saved her backside, and slept with her? Um, they're taken to Draco together. Um, what else is different? Oh, um, in this in the film, he Bond tries to resign because he's being relieved from Operation Bedlam, and in the book, it's completely the opposite. He's like he, bored of it, he's he like, off Yeah, he wants Operation out bedlam. And M won't have it.
3: Yeah, he's like, oh, I've just resorted yeah. all ends, can't find and, him.
2: And I think, have I got this right, Becca? Is part of Tracy's um, de- general depression that she lost a child?
1: I think so. Yes.
2: I've got a feeling she she had a daughter. So that's right.
1: something to do with it, doesn't
2: it? It's something like that. So she's a lot more. She's a lot more. She isn't just playing up. She's a lot more kind of troubled, in the book. Yeah, yeah she's a yeah, much raw, raw, raw more raw, what what, multi-layered character. Mm. And I don't think the whole gumbold sort of solicitor's office thing happened. I think Draco reveals Blofeld is somewhere in Switzerland and the next thing you know, he's at the College of Arms. But um it is very, very faithful i in, in, in most ways. First casting choice for um Tracy was Brigitte Bardot. Really? Hmm. Uh, offered the wrong oh, size. That. I can't imagine that. I suppose the logic would be...
1: She's like massive star, isn't she? Well, point.
2: perceived as one of the most beautiful women in the world at that point. I would think that's the logic behind it, but I think mm. what they went with was a lot more interesting because Bond had an endless share of beautiful women. It would have to be a little bit more than that to make him want to resign and marry.
3: And I think uh, Diana Rigg does that. I mean, because she playing... Um... Uh, Mrs. Peel, Emma Peel, in the uh, Avengers mm. uh, TV show. She kind of was basically like a leather-clad female Bond, essentially. So she was like always mm. sort of fighting things, and she mm. kind of brought that to like this character who, which wasn't there before, because she's pretty much like, oh, I'm a, I'm a kind of, a like, kind of a delicate flower needs protecting. Here she's just more a bit more rebellious and he's kind of almost like taming but it just it feels be, uh,
1: feisty.
3: yeah but it feels like it just feels more appropriate that that these two should be together because they kind of like complete each other in a weird sort of sense um and it just feels right i mean like we you know the you know the from the the moment where tracy just turns up and the ice wing, you, you, you allude to and he just sees the ice skates it's like it's it's kind of a mix of emotions of her just being at the right time to kind of save his skin, but you can kind of see like that's like a key moment of where Bond really falls in love. I mean, there there's other elements like that happened earlier on, particularly in the in in the room where she like they they almost lean in for kiss and Bond pushes her away. It's like no, for some reason that there's something about her that kind of makes him you no, know, I can't do this, mm. and it's just little sort of little things like that I think uh, just just make it really
2: the film doesn't really sell to us because I mean, for, for quite a while after I first saw it I, I didn't really get the pre-title sequence she's following him she, he's driving along a road in Portugal which is the same road as she's later killed on hmm. um, she arrives behind him all Tilly Masterson style <laughs> um, honking the horn to get by he lets her by and then when he gets towards the beach he's not revealed straight away from his face you see you know chin cigarette that sort of thing he's wearing a tux and like a, a hat which would look a bit weird actually but um, <laughs> swinging 60s you know yeah, yeah this is so it. he gets to the beach and she just walks into the water in a really lovely flowing gown to kill herself as he goes in to rescue her, we'll just skip over the fact she seems to faint for no reason. But okay, hysterical. It was enough. very cold. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And We're he turns around, so nice. and they're immediately attacked. And I thought, who was that? Well, that's her bodyguards. It's the same as at the hotel. Later, she is, she is watched and controlled to within an inch of her life by a overprotective father. And there's no mater- there's no maternal figure there to sort of balance him out. No,
1: that's no, very one sided, isn't it? For sure.
2: And then we go straight into the titles, uh,
3: which is probably
1: the
0: probably
3: one of the best Bond uh, themes ever.
2: It's my ringtone on my phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it is, folks. It's Dave's ringtone.
2: <laughs> it is. Um, I, I'm quite happy to. I'm okay. I'm would on you... expenses if you'd like me to come round to all of your houses and play my ringtone. <laughs> would Would you
3: Ooh. Would you say this is? Better than the traditional
2: performed like that,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you
3: know, but you know what I mean, like the uh, or, you know the, the typical James Bond theme or or the 007 theme. Yeah, I love it.
1: yeah next next uh, we've got like um, yeah the the Monty Norman theme um, Bond Seventy Seven. As far as instrumentals go, I think the um, John Barry's piece for this film I think is one of the best for me. It's probably better than the Bond you know Bond theme itself. It's up there in number one. But to be honest, you're not going to get the words to Magic Secret Service in the in the theme tune somewhere. I would, so I would have loved to, to see him maiden.
3: try. Would yeah, watched. that would have been going... On a Magic Secret Service.
1: So, yeah, listeners, if you want to have a go, please try and let us know. Magic they tried. Service. It's got so much forward Magic momentum Magic and it, it, it,
2: it informs Service. the score all of the way through. And it's a fantastic piece of music. One of one of a few in this film, but the, 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 the film does have a song. We'll get to it a little bit later on. a <laughs> couple um, of songs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one Becca, really, is not fond of. Oh, dear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one I like very much, and the other one, not so much.
2: It's how language and stuff's changed as well, well references have changed, because we come out of the... Cre- oh, the, thing, the other thing was, on the commentary, Peter Hunt left in the shot at the end of the credits where you see all the women in Silhouette and their nipples are sticking out. And <gasps> he left it in. To, and then he said, "I really wish I hadn't." He said, "Because in South Africa, I'm not credited at all."
3: Well, yeah, they he cut off. Hand or something, wasn't
1: it? That's <laughs>
2: the bit where it says directed by.
1: <laughs> by a mysterious person.
3: But he. It I, 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 I did notice that. I'm thinking, bloody hell, is that a nipple?
2: <laughs> it was cold on set that day. It really was. It Must Very have been.
3: For it, girls, it you know. Must have been. Um, I'd be like. What well, one thing they pick up on it isn't like, and it's and it's clear because it's this is probably the first time like an actors a change of actors happened for a major role in the franchise. Mm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I imagine this is probably the first time this has ever happened. So I think the the filmmakers went out of the way to kind of like don't don't worry, guys. This is like the every, everyone else Same is time. here, so you get so so like first shot. It's like M and Q, and money penny. Just like look, look, the gang are here and then you get you cut into like the <laughs> difficult... Just to
1: reestablish that yeah. Bond is the only one who's changed and all the you know, the rest of it.
3: Yeah, you sort of it in the slow integrate thing and it's like, you know, or Bond James Bond and you got the Bond credits. And it's really huge. Hu- and with Humoring the Bond credits well. with the Bond credits you get like Don't worry look this is Day's Doctor No, there's a bit from yeah. like Russia of Love. Yeah. Like, it, it's a bit well, from the Goldfinger. I think it's
1: back through the post-films, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's... to reassure you. Okay, this is, we're starting a new chapter. This is what's come before. It's like, just new with a new guy. There's no know?
2: reason for Q to be in the office with M. It's like, it really is, isn't. He's there going, going on about radioactive bomb. lint, and M's just going, yeah, fucking fascinating. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Literalisation, actually... really? Is this going to play a, a part in a plot at some point? don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No. no, it's just to kind of you know pad things out and say look, the gang's all here. I mean, and thing is though, there's there's no queuing. No.
3: There's, yeah, and and that was a decision that uh, Peter Hunt uh, made. Not it's not just like oh no, que no, no cue The for only me. thing
2: that would have suited this plot if he'd had a prototypical a prototype version of Viagra to give him. <laughs> pay attention, Double O Seven. <laughs> you're going to be knobbing rather a few women. Let's <laughs> to the occasion. But... This will keep you up all
0: night. There it is.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, yeah, two all night. Even though after he's pretty much
2: fallen in love with someone else and said, <laughs>
3: "Oh, we'll get to that." I just...
1: <laughs> That's almost like his bachelor party, really, isn't we'll it? We'll get I guess...
2: to all that because it's. Thank you. It, there's a couple of funny sort of things about that as we get there, but um, when we come I'll, out, I'll let you guys the credits, handle that one. No, it's all right. It's <laughs> it, it, it's very tasteful. I promise. Um, <laughs> when we come out of the credits, what I love is he he parks his car, and he walks in and he says, "That cougar outside." And and I think, because of the way language is now, I thought you meant some fit older woman. (laughs) Yeah, Cougar means
0: something completely
1: completely different now, doesn't
2: it? (laughs) Because he knows Tracy's staying at the same hotel.
1: But you know what the car is? Yeah.
2: Well, we do, because he says.
1: Well, exactly, yeah, but that's it, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, we cut straight to the evening. It's quite efficient storytelling. I mean, we're straight into the scene where she basically turns up, loses a load of money she doesn't have.
3: Or oh, does she? Because she's like part of like. I was like, because always wondering, because Bond like pay, pays like for it, but then she leaves like the. Sorry, the... yeah, she
2: does have it, but money she she doesn't. So yeah, she, she
1: can't spend it. it, so.
2: She basically sleeps with him to pay for it, which is, <laughs> yeah, essentially, which makes him sound really tasteful. And then she ah. steals his gun and leaves the three thousand francs or whatever it is. Mm.
0: Okay, yeah, paying brought... him back so.
2: Yeah. But yeah, she doesn't look like she's really going for it, does she? I mean, when he goes back, he, she effectively invites him to her room. When he gets there, one of her bodyguards is there and he beats the shit out of him, which is the real filming of the scene that won him the part. Yeah, um, so it's
1: a really
2: incredible fist fight. quite brutal. There's a mm. tiny bit of speeding up in it, though, which kind of irritates me.
1: Yeah, but it, it does, it's not as
3: jarring this time, though. It does feel... It's not
1: like Thunderbolt, It's not as bad as that. Yeah. No. It, it do- does, it does, it has like, it, it's best done. You know, it, yeah. it flows
3: a lot more efficiently.
2: And then we get the first sort of proper, I mean, we do have a bit of a dialogue scene afterwards where after, in the casino, but we get the second scene that is the standard Bond um, screen test these days. The scene where she holds a gun to him in her suite and you immediately know you have a very, very special Bond actress here.
3: I mean, this is like this is the one where he sort of grabs hold of the gun and he kind of slaps around a bit and he has like a little bit of... <laughs> that sounds really bad, that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> it that's you
1: saying at this time, Chris, not me.
3: Uh, no, but he does, though. I mean, it's the second time since uh, From Russia where he actually gets, you know, gives a little bit of a cheeky little slapper on there.
2: Across the face, which uh... to be fair, she's holding a gun to him. Okay. I, I, I... Oh,
3: yeah, she, she's she been a little bit weird. I mean, she has there's, like you
2: could have written around that no trouble. There was no reason in writing an execution that he needed to slap her, but in the way they have laid the scene out, it's far less jarring than some mm. other examples we see.
3: There, there's this kind of like this weird flirtation, uh, with like he's he's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on because like you, you've asked me to come up to room and then there was a guy there. And now you're in my room, holding gun, holding my gun.
1: Just <laughs> playing hard to get. Yeah,
3: it, it, it is. It, it, it is not, but it just. It just I, I works. always know
2: a woman's interesting if she gets. A woman's interested if she tries to get someone to kick the shit out of me first. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy
3: it, you know. But, but hmm. by the way, I completely love the end of that because like at, at the end, uh, it's, Laysby does a very Bond thing because he just like sort of walks past the caviar.
1: Takes a just, yeah, guess I did. north of the Caspian. Yeah, yeah
3: just yeah, you know, such a snob. It's just like, oh, why not?
2: <laughs> yeah, and again, for such a long runtime, quite efficient storytelling because we go straight into goons pulling him over and taking him to Draco.
3: And I remember when I uh, watched this uh, a while back. Uh, this is when I first watched it on my DVD set. I must. Uh uh yes (laughs) the ultimate edition the the, the one i still currently own yeah (laughs) Um,
2: although we are pressuring him hard on this blu-ray set
3: i do want it it's just a question i can afford to get it yet or not that's the only thing yeah
1: the the new one i think is 60 around the 65 67 mark whereas the 50th edition one it was like nearly 90 pounds when it came out and i was like oh eye-wateringly expensive
3: yeah, I, I paid hundred quid for my, my, my twenty. Uh... Yeah, it wasn't a bad price. Hang well, on, on to it; it's was really the... good.
1: So I think so... I probably I collected them piece by piece. So it probably you know cost me more over the years. Yeah. The individual DVDs that say 007 down the spine, yeah. rather than buying a big box set. So I think you, you probably saved yourself a bit of money there.
3: Oh yeah, I mean it was like it was like a nice little Christmas gift for me because I just went, oh, yes, I'll. Mm-hmm. I was like on Christmas Day looking at sales, and it was like reduced, reduced <laughs> reduce, reduce from two hundred pounds to hundred pounds. Of like. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there was like a few bomb films that I saw. I think even like, dare I say, it, uh, View to a Kill was on. I couldn't stay and watch it all. So I was like, oh, God, I wish I loved it. To- love to actually own them. And I was like, right, no, I'm just gonna buy them all. um point is Christmas, why not? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So what was what was what the point I was gonna say? Yeah, I remember watching this on. Uh... We digress. Yes, on, I remember watching. First on time
2: that... we've ever done that, Chris. <gasps>
3: oh well <laughs> so that doesn't set a
2: bad habit we were ruthlessly on topic in previous weeks we? yeah <laughs> go, on, go
3: on but um, anyway yeah. <laughs> I was uh, yeah so first actually proper sat down and watched this and examined like well I say examine it like lazy yeah you know, with fresh eyes basically I've not seen it for a good while uh, I was like really impressed how confident lazy me was like literally from when he has to step in the car with like a gun and a knife to him he's just like oh lovely oh where are we going well, okay well he was just like he, he just had such like a cocky swagger to him mm. that had that just like yeah you know what
2: mm. you, you you've sold me now as bond you know and he, he sells me about two minutes later when he sat talking to draco mm. and i mean that that's not an action scene we've sold you know whether you like the editing of the time and cuz they are they are of their time even though it's a step forward in action terms i could imagine you not enjoying the action sequence here even though i do but he he is pretty good at it he's pretty good at the physical and all the rest of it but this is a this is a quiet reflective talking scene and it is a re- for by Bond film standards, it's quite a serious talk as well because basically the guy's saying, I know you've been doing my daughter. But as we go a little bit further into the conversation, it's clear she's really troubled mm. and he is concerned. Yeah,
0: is this and somebody else I think the he cop- plays
2: that scene That's really, really well. Take her on. I think he plays the scene really, really well.
1: Oh, sorry, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, it.
2: I mean, I, I think he
3: carries through because he beats he beats up the guards, and he and then like sort of just snip and just like breaks in with a with, with a knife, like re- yeah. at the ready, no, like yeah. not knowing what what's waiting for him, but he's there ready. It's like, ah, oh, welcome. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So he sits down. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I mean, you, you, I think you alluded to the bit where like she says, I shouldn't shouldn't need um, me. She needs a. Yeah,
2: she needs. Yeah. Me. I don't know if he says psychiatrist or psychologist, but whichever he
0: says.
3: Yeah. Um, just, yeah. And it's like you can tell that like there's a little bit of affection there, but I don't know. I think for me, what well, I think I thought it was like, oh, that's so cool. Is the um, is when he's off him a cigarette and he goes, no thanks, I prefer my own, and just like and <laughs> just stops and it's just, I, I, it's just like that little thing just mm. made me thought, yeah, that's Bond. <laughs> you know yeah, he's still got that kind of
1: cockiness about him, isn't he? I think that's mm. it's got kind of arrogance,
0: mm.
1: you know, it's really important in in the role if you're to be believable as Bond you've got to have that extra something I think
0: and he's and offered
2: a million pounds to marry
1: <gasps> one million
2: yeah which he
3: says like well no I don't really
2: <laughs> no
1: no the only like, just shows how, how well, probably old fashioned by, you know, by our terms certainly that um that Draco is because I'm, I'm horrified by the, you know if, if somebody you know if, if I was to kind of my boyfriend you know proposed to me and like his his dad offered me like the, you know rents for the dowry I was like oh, no you know it's a very old fashioned thing to do
2: <laughs> to be fair he is a criminal
3: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you wouldn't. You wouldn't want. That's been through the you know laundering process. You but not only that. that if you'd done for...
2: this fella the night before, and you your pair of you were trying to trap him in marriage, you'd probably be a bit more predisposed to like that. Probably. <laughs> That's
1: true. <laughs>
2: but um, it's a great scene, and I really, really like Draco.
3: Yeah. Again, has a kind of like a like a warm, friendly feel as um yeah. as a the. <laughs> he's going mm. <laughs> really <laughs> when did he have
2: this warm friendly? <laughs>
3: <Yeah. sighs> he's uh the rush guy uh the rush from guy rush of a love guy
2: karen bay,
1: karen bay yeah. yeah
3: he kind of has that similar vibe uh that he has where you just like feel at ease with him and like, like oh well he, he's you
1: know he's a criminal but also he's yeah. he's gonna help you out so
3: yeah i think i think we have got a similar thing like one with Columbo. um Colombo.
2: Uh... Oh, yes, yeah, man. he means for your eyes. Like, yeah. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't mean <laughs> no, Just know. one more thing. I, uh, <laughs> we've got Kojak in this film.
3: Oh, we did. Yes.
1: Sorry, I'm um, That was it.
3: If only Quincy was in a Bond film, that would have been complete, wouldn't
1: it? Oh god, that would well, yeah, we have Oh yeah, got Wexford in this one, haven't we? George Baker. So we have got Inspector Wexford. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's our Detective Link. Obviously, Kojak and Wexford in the same movie. we've so.
3: got Michael uh, Kitchen, you know, Foyle.
1: No oh, good. yeah. It's what, what no like... Bergerac. <laughs> oh, got... Bergerac. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh god, we've just listed a load of stuff. Any American listeners we've got I haven't got a clue what we're on about now.
1: Obviously, Boston uh, was Remington Steele as well, although he was fictional. Now
2: just it for, <laughs> you just pan. Oh, quick! Best
1: mention.
2: Quick. What else? Uh, well, I suppose Quincy and whatever
3: Colin salm has been in. I'm pretty sure he's done some stuff. Oh,
1: uh, he probably has. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, so what topic we're, 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 we're talking top, top, Oh, yes.
2: So, yeah, Draco is, um, he spots an opportunity and he asks him, because he's head of the union, what's the second word? Uh, union course. Union course. And that's the basically, he thinks it's the biggest, but it's actually the second biggest crime syndicate in Europe, behind Spectre. <gasps> and, of course, he now realises he's talking to a very connected man and takes the opportunity to ask about... Um, Blowfeld.
1: So where is Blofeld?
2: And he good heartedly says, "Right," <laughs> and arranges a date, another date with his daughter.
1: Right.
3: Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So it pretty. So pretty much, instead of like, instead of taking up the initial offer, like, of 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 the money, he just says, "Oh, I'll tell you what. Why don't you? Why don't if you know I'm wouldn't propose? Why, why
2: don't I dress like a bell end and go to some, you know,
3: bullfighting? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's <looks> very handsome." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah what? when i get she my uh in... jogpers on and yeah
3: <laughs> no but he 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 basically says like well i'll be predisp- i wouldn't want to talk to uh, my te- um an agent of the, of the secret service but might well well, to but my know. son-in-law yeah so it's like it's a premium he says well instead of the money why don't i you do it with this information so like he goes hmm and i'll just play along and see what Goes I'd on. See how that goes? Yeah. So then Bon goes back to England, back to M's office. And uh, he he basically gets told, uh, you, you're off um, Project Bedlam, is it? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's what. Yeah, he, he quits, doesn't
3: he? Well.
2: He tries to quit.
1: He tries to quit. And then well, he's also given leave.
3: That, I think, I've, from the get I think this is probably my favourite um, M scene. M slash Money Penny scene. Because it. Defies them completely for me. I think they're kind of like. The best... there. I think that it defies them and it kind of like represents that Em and uh, Money Penny are kind of like the closest thing he's got to a family in a weird way. I'd, I'd... I think That's... it's the best Money
2: Penny. Uh, well, not necessarily best performance, but certainly yeah, it, but the, it, best it's... It's the best use of the character. Scenes, yeah. yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah. Um, and it's because. Bond walks in, uh, M says, like, You're off Project Mayhem, you've had two years, you've not really come up with much. Project Mayhem.
1: <laughs> Mayhem. Same thing. Same Beglum.
3: What was Project Mayhem? Is that off something else? I, I haven't got a clue,
2: but it's like, you got one. I bon think
3: that sounds two. good. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Yeah, That
1: could be a future Bond movie title. Yeah. Project Mayhem. Bond producers, Rough
3: sort of
2: Initiative, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay. Um, it was, ben and
2: Craig, he it was. Him, but it that,
3: but he didn't. It's Operation Bedlam. Yeah, o- yeah is... o- 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 Operation Bedlam. And he says, take some off it. Like, you're not doing much. She's like, right. Okay. Well, it's a bit of a passion project for me. He's like, well, no, no, still doing it. So uh, Bong basically goes out and says, right, Money Ben, I'm going to quit. You've done that into that uh, piece of furniture in there.
2: Where he says monument (laughs)
1: in there,
2: um,
3: (laughs) that
1: piece
2: of your recapping of this scene is awesome,
1: Chris.
3: (laughs) I I think it's coming a common trend. This, my uh interpretation of what happens,
2: Project Mayhem's dead. I'm gonna write a resignation and pass it into that IKEA table. it's (laughs)
1: it's really uh, <laughs> much better than the real film i want to see
3: oh, it for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh,
0: God,
3: i'm like gonna like they finish it, this yeah. off because i'm <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm crying. carry on chris we're in full <laughs> i'm
1: actually crying so
3: basically we get like the the, the scene where he goes to uh um, his office the first time we ever see and only time we see James Bond in his office no 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 no, no, no. no, no. there is another is that? yeah when's this
2: die another day oh
3: yes oh, of course yeah,
1: that's not real that's fake that scene. <laughs> it's based on his real office
2: I mean it wouldn't be much of a training exercise if it was like an ice cream parlour would it? <laughs> his his see, it's
3: his real office
1: you know later on we see M's home as well so
3: yeah and in a way it kind of looks just kind of boring as well it's like oh is that it <laughs>
1: I'm so, I, I, I'm
2: so his... Sorry, Becca. Go.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's not very exciting. It's like a picture of the queen and his desk and
2: meh. Yeah. yeah. It's but, quite a
1: boring scene. I think. Yeah. So Watch start...
2: walk, I'll be jerked off to that picture a bit later on.
3: <laughs> but he starts <laughs> emptying out his uh, his desk, and it's like it's another chance to go back to all the other films, like saying, "Oh, remember this? This is from oh. Doctor No." We'll remember oh yeah, this. Exactly. yeah, Honey yeah. knife. And, and then, um, the and... yeah, and then then he gets called back in, and then uh, he he hands him like so like request uh granted yeah press uh, yeah permission granted and he was like without even so much as looking looking up or anything so he just feels like he just feels very like i can't believe he's just done that he, without any he's like how dare he, how
1: dare he you know yeah
3: it's like when he's maybe calling, he goes well maybe you should read it and it's a, like it's like request of um to two two weeks Ab, uh, absence Is it two weeks or two months I can't remember two weeks two weeks <laughs> um, yeah uh, and it was like well you didn't really want to quit did you it was like oh penny, what would I do about you and uh, it, oh, it, it, it's just his life. well it's, it's it's kind of like you no, know, they know each other and then, what kind of adds to it like you get, you get M on the other end go like yes penny, what would I do about you as so if he knew as well <laughs> just
1: like... exactly yeah but basically, you know, it's
3: like like his mum and his dad or something, isn't it? Pretty yeah. much, it a familial relationship, which is nice. But there's also like a lot of, um, there's, again, there's a seems to be like a lot of more flirtation to this as well because there's like there's that thing of like a promise that oh well I'll, I'm gonna take you I'm gonna
1: take you for yeah, like she, she had
2: fat old children in the last film. Now she's had, <laughs> now
3: she now got she Uncle George. she's got. She's like, well, hello. <laughs>
1: And they didn't even get married. They Didn't even share a smooch. No.
3: Well, it's a, uh, I, I noticed there was a, there was a shadow of like of fate that it was never going to happen. Like the sort of well, when I, well when I get back from from this mission, we'll have that. will finally have that date kind of kind of thing, which kind of like <laughs> sealed. That meal. The, yeah, which yeah. kind of like makes the, the last bit kind of sad. Really, After you know, I when come she... back
2: from this mission and finish the course of penicillin.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, <Aww. laughs> I mean, it's like, which kind of like. It's a bit sad when you get to the end end scene where like, he's getting married and they have that little wave. It's like, oh, that's yeah.
2: one. That's the one scene that would have been better with Connery, but you can't really rope him in for one scene after. <laughs> it's sort of really move. weird. Just he just, just suddenly hand. this weird continuity error. Of, like <laughs> Sean Connery chucks him his hat and then <laughs> Basil drives off.
0: Well, I, I like very the way he
3: nice. plays it. He just kind of like just, waves up with like kind of like funny. a. He's, he he has that kind of smile as well. That's kind of that's still. He smiles obviously because he's happy but yeah. it, the, he, he recognised there's a bit of like oh about it
2: you know what I mean there's, there's a bit of sadness
1: in it isn't and it? that's Aww. in the
2: future Chris we've got a montage to get through first. <laughs> yes
1: oh the montage oh. only
2: montage in the series and it follows the next scene
1: I do love this montage this is yeah. so
3: Dave do you want to take us through the next scene scene that I gloriously did the last one well yeah but I would love to see
2: what. oh, oh Chris oh, go on go, <laughs> go on go tell on. us about it Chris <laughs> no 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 no, all right, they, they, go, they basically meet up in Portugal again at a bullfight. And as soon as Tracy realises that Bond is there, she's kind of, no, you give this information to him without obligation, without obligation to him. And she walks off, and Bond follows her, and she's in tears. Hmm. And he just says, you know.
3: I really like that scene, uh, because it, it's Tracy kind of like being smart and being like sort of like essentially like a strong modern woman saying like mm. no I'm not going to fucking do it just tell dad just t- fucking tell him what he needs to know and she goes off and does her crying
2: elsewhere yeah. and the way Lazenby brushes the tears away from her face leads really nice into one of the best songs I think we've got in the entire series
1: it's my favourite song ever just regardless of Bond mm. And it's a very sad song because it was um, Louis Armstrong's last last work I so. was it? I didn't know that well he was quite poorly, uh, apparently, and it's one of the last things he Ill. ever did. And you think, oh... He
2: was very ill. He did live for another couple of years, but but he, yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't in good health. And when they saw him, they were like, he's not going to get through this. Um, and I know John Barry says when, when Louis Armstrong finished doing the song, it's all the time in the world, by the way. Um When he finishes that, which is poignant in itself, a dying man singing about having all the time in the world. And when he finishes it, he thanked John Barry, and John Barry said he choked up at that. Mm. Um it's a beautiful song, it, and it's something different. I mean, it's just a montage of them dating. Yeah,
1: going them. on
2: a date, having fun on the beach, uh, riding on
1: horses, walking yeah. around
2: the garden, <laughs> looking like walking like Prince Philip. Uh, um, <laughs> oh dear! What else did
3: they walking do? He, he is rocking a
2: blazer, isn't he? Yeah. He is rocking a blazer. He
1: looks good.
2: And it ends up with them looking at the most gaudy piece of jewelry I've ever seen.
1: I must say, I do quite like the look of that wedding ring.
2: <laughs> I? It looks
1: ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, and then it finishes off with the sort of creepy, happy ending look in the back of the car. And they have a look at
1: the... um... Oh yeah,
2: that's a bit right, isn't it? And he's dropped off to um, the solicitor that's been acting for Blofeld. Chris, tell us about this scene. No.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why not? No, no, but I've just talked about the montage. It's a bit odd how... It it again. This I think what makes Majesty sort of stand out because it's the only bomb film to actually have a montage scene. It's, it is, it's
1: it's unique, isn't it? In the series, it, yeah. it is.
3: And uh, it, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of the montage bit in, in Naked Gun. I was <laughs> just thinking the same? Thing. What
2: a day I've had! Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. really about
3: three months. <laughs> yes, yeah, it,
2: it kind of like they come out of platoon laughing their <laughs> <on> the off. <laughs> Like... That's the best bit when they're howling <laughs> with laughter. It scans up and
3: they pull yeah. to the It's like I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of half half expect them to hold the cans running across the, like the scene, knocking people over. <laughs> oh, um, but uh, no, no. It, but I, I, it, it would come across as really like um, cheesy and and naff, but. The power of that song, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's one; it's just beautiful. It's just with with the John Barry s- strings as well. It's just, it's just
1: lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it, it
3: just kind of go. It, it it's like, all right, well, this will be cheesy, but I'll I'll give this one a pass.
2: But a lot of it, they're talking. I mean, the bit where they're on a beach, they're clearly a bit loved up. But when they're on horseback, they're riding very slowly beside each other, clearly talking. Yeah, having a discussion. When they're walking around the garden, they're deep in conversation. We're not just sold a whirlwind love affair. We're we're, we're sold a growing that, friendship as Yeah, they're as falling well. in
1: love and actually cementing their relationship, isn't it, pretty much?
2: Yeah. We'll skip past the fact he goes and fucks a load of other women right after this. Yeah, but... just ignore
1: that part. He's Bond. That's what he does, you know.
2: But it it really does sell it. and And of course, but there's a mission to be done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> of his duty? Yeah,
3: so so basically he he breaks into the uh, the slitter's office and uh, and cracks open the safe, which is the only gadget in the film really. It's the... That's
1: quite a big safe. device. Well, it's a device.
2: Stroke photocopier. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: huge, but compared to the one that he used in, The you only know, twice, obviously, which is a safe cracking device and not a photocopier attached. It was vast,
3: very big and very heavy. But <laughs> I think again, this is one of the points. That Peter, because Peter didn't want to use gadgets, he wants to bond. Basically, just fight his way out of shit. Um, yeah,
2: definitely
3: on his
1: own, you know, ingenuity and. And when you notice, he
2: when he looks out that back window to get it passed to him, the signage on the construction materials is Draco.
1: Yes.
2: Draco's building right beside that building, so he's got, yeah, he's got connections everywhere.
3: Yeah, he's very well connected. But he's got a fellow um, uh, MI6 member helping him. He, uh, he doesn't really have much lines of dialogue at all, but he's always there, prominently.
2: Yeah, he complains a bit later in the film. Uh, Was it, um, Campbell? Some... Campbell, yeah, I think he Is
1: that his name the blonde-haired um... chap,
2: yeah? Yeah. Um... Very much echoes of... Uh, we, we get a lot of this sort of echoed in look and feel when we get to Eyes only. Oh. Just sort of, yeah, the... Yeah, just the look and feel of, of this sort of... This guy and, yeah, the cable cars and all the rest of it. But, um... Yeah, so he breaks in and, and re- breaks the safe and then photocopies the correspondence between Gumbold and... Uh, what's Blofeld's cover
1: Oh Oh, uh, Blushant. D- Balthazar de
2: Blushant. Blushant, that's it. I
1: can pronounce that name.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Yeah. We, we, we Goldeneye's the one you've got to start working on.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the character name of... Um, the main up interest over, in that
1: film no, oh well, I'll practice it <laughs> alright
2: then um, so that actually now sets up that he's got to uh, basically go to the College of Arms
3: where we learn about his uh, what, what his uh, and of arms stand for It's the world is not enough
1: yeah it's like Orbis non sufficit." I can't pronounce the I'm Latin, blah. but yeah that's where the title of the yeah. 19th
3: movie comes from. And, and he meets um, Sir Hilary
2: so Hilary Bray uh, who
3: is yeah who has been invited to um uh, is it to uh, approve Brofeld's uh, authenticity as account is it that basically
2: That's right so it's all yeah, about it's genealogy it. it's his, yeah. it's his, it's, his, it's his ancestral right um the anecdotal i mean in the book he goes to sort of check the earlobes which is obviously kind of secondary here but he has had his earlobes removed mm to, to fit in with that line, that lineage. And so basically he poses as Hilary Bray and goes to Switzerland.
3: Mm. And from then he kind of gets overdubbed by the actor who plays Hilary Bray and it kind of feels a bit yeah, weird. Voice maker, so. <laughs> yeah.
2: George Lazenby didn't know that till he went to the premiere.
1: <laughs> no, that's interesting so
2: there you are on screen and suddenly a different voice comes in. and it's not
1: you. you that's weird
2: that's just really odd I mean he was in full blown meltdown rebellion by then anyway you
1: going grown a
3: big beard haven't well, you well he already quit by then anyway he was like yeah as...
2: we'll talk a little bit about because I think we, we've we all looked at an article this week um, that tells a story of, of what happened with Lazenby it's not verified but it does actually account for some of the things in, in the official story that don't make sense But we'll come to that a little bit later on. But certainly, this Switzerland section of the film is just beautiful.
3: I I just look, I know, I I think this is the first time that we've seen Bond in snow.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting. It's
3: the first time Bond gets himself on a set of skis and gets chased by men with machine guns. Yeah, but that's a bit later on, though. To be fair, there is like that is a bit later. Of... You yeah. welcome him first. He I mean, like, I mean, to be fair, there's actually quite a lot, like a lot of plot in this film. Mm. So you have to... to pay attention. You can't you can't just yeah, not drif- is, you know, you can't drift
1: through it. You've got to there be is the
3: like I think for a, for a Bond film, this doesn't have so much accent, uh, action um, action in it. Uh, mm. it. It's very very plotty. It, it's uh, a yeah.
2: I mean, i I've, I've once read it described as the humanist 007 film. No, that would
1: probably be quite an accurate description. Actually. Uh, it, I mean, I mean, what action there is, is very, it punctuates the film. I mean, yeah, a film. It's very effective.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can see that there are later attempts in, in with other Bonds to, to do something similar with various levels, varying levels of success. Um, but this film is just gorgeous, and it sounds beautiful as well. And, I mean, it wasn't. It was shot 35mm, but it looks so great. I thought it was shot 70mm for years.
1: And Blu-ray it looks fantastic as well.
2: It's the best looking film of the series, I think. All better, the
3: way
2: through. Better than Skyfall? Yes, far better than Skyfall. Far
3: better than Skyfall. I mean it does look very handsome film. I mean, I don't know, I need to watch the rest of
2: the films to kind of It's just the amount of colour in scenes. I mean, even mm. look at the wedding scenes. I mean Peter Hunt talks about putting flowers in every scene. Well on paper that sounds ridiculous. It's a Bond film, worth well, let's have lots of flowers. But it works. It was
3: swinging sixties, yeah. though. Is is out, out of all the bomb films, this is the one that's the most sixties. Like, literally,
1: yeah, it's got the most sixties vibes. Well, it's the most
2: late sixties, isn't it? Really, you know, it's kind of that era where the sort of Beatles grew, they grew their hair out and started, <laughs> yeah, start taking beer, a few new yeah. substances and stuff. I, I just think it's, it's quite trippy. Yeah, it's got some wonderful, wonderful sequences, some wonderful sets again.
1: Um, you got the introduction of like electronic score as well, which might be the first use of that in a Bond film, but I don't know, please correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Well, we'll be, we, we, we will have our music expert on in a few weeks' time.
1: Yeah, we can
0: More ask
2: him that about that. Um, so yeah, he gets to, he's he's picked up by Irma Bunt, not Emma Bunt and Chris.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> actress Ilse
2: Steppat. Actress Ilse Stepat. She really
3: would have been Baby Spice at this point.
2: She, would, she was intended to be in um, Diamonds Are Forever as well. But unfortunately, the film was released on the 18th of December 1969. Ilse Step-Up died four days later. Yeah. Um, so the actress yeah, died barely past the release of this film.
1: That's very sad. But she was a massive yeah. star in you know, native Germany, wasn't she? She was hugely famous.
2: I don't know too much of her story, to be quite honest with you. I've you...
1: from... oh, <laughs> got a backstory, but I'll go into it another time. Well apparently she's like spot on
3: casting for the, the role in the book as well.
2: I can't really remember the description of her. Can you... Yeah, uh, it's
1: kind of fairly kind of similar as well, but she's got that kind of demeanour to her, hasn't she, I think? Mm. So. Yeah. She doesn't take any nonsense.
2: She's right. actually... For most of the film, she's not a flat-out bad guy in in a lot of ways. I mean, she's facilitating a bad scheme, but she's just...
1: Yeah, she's not like She's the villain, just the she sk- like
2: stern schoolmistress type. Um, so,
1: yeah, look, looking after the girls and making sure they don't mm. do anything too silly or, you know...
2: We have two Avengers alumni in this film.
1: Yeah,
3: Joanna Lumley.
1: Yeah, we do.
2: Yeah, and has been the well. Avengers yet, because she's purdy in the new Avengers later in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah,
1: she's very young in this, isn't she? Wasn't Lewis A-
2: A- Collins in the Avengers as well, or I just getting the guy she who used... made the Avengers went on to make the Professionals? Lewis Collins did appear in the Avengers, and oh, then it... went on and starred in the Professionals. Oh, okay.
1: I must say that's one spy series I've never actually seen. I've I've seen bits of it. The Professionals. I've never seen it all the way through. Yeah, I must. I remember. I, obviously, know about him kidding. and uh, Martin Lewis, but not Martin Lewis. Um, not Martin Lewis, no. No, not Martin Lewis, money saver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cut that bit out. Anyway, um, yeah, I must say, The Professionals is one of those spy series I've never seen all the way through. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Starring <laughs> Martin Lewis and Lewis Hamilton. Not Martin Lewis. Hamilton.
1: sure. that's his name. Um, cut that
2: it, bit
1: out, please. It was kind
2: of a, it was kind of a hybrid of the police and MI5. And they were. Their boss was played by Gordon Jackson from Upstairs Downstairs. Martin mm-hmm. Shaw was like the friendlier, more relatable, yet quick-tempered one, and Lewis Collins was the hard man, the ex-military guy. Um, and it was around this time. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't around this time. It was in the early eighties. Actually, he did audition for Bond.
0: Oh,
1: interesting.
2: And uh, Cubby Broccoli found him too aggressive. That would have been for. Octopusy, because it wasn't until 1982 that it happened. That that thing, but um, yeah, we've got Joanna Lumley here who hasn't yet played uh, Purdy. We've got um, Emma Peel, who actually was drafted in to replace Kathy Gale when Anna Blackman left to play Pussy Galore. Oh, so yeah, got
1: the so Avengers connection.
3: Bond keep pinching all the Avengers.
1: Yep. Yeah,
2: and of course he 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 tries to. He, he shares a suite with John Steed in a later episode. Yes, he does, doesn't he? Oh, um, so oh we, I yeah, can't yeah, wait yeah, to get to put that put one.
1: Saint, it's the Saint and John Steed in the same room together.
2: The dream team. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, so I can't think Ste- of
3: a better double act than uh, than Roger Moore <laughs> and Patrick Mcnee. Really? No, I think Umbrella, they,
1: umbrella Jewels at Dawn.
3: I can I kind of wish they'd actually did the general series together. I generally do.
1: That'd be so cool. Oh, because, yeah, because he was like, uh, Roger Moore was Ivanhoe as well, wasn't he? So you got the swashbuckling, swashb- can I can't see it, swashbuckling aspect.
3: Yeah, but only in the post, like, James Bond. <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's> yeah. Some of the <laughs> that old guys, but they're still going around, like... Oh. <laughs> like what, let you get women in that. Yes. Well, no, they just, they wouldn't be like... It'd be like, like that Casanova programme the, with no, they, the they, 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 oh. they, They'd just be like hit, like, sort of, sort of sly chatting them up without actually getting anywhere. But that, that's how I have it.
2: No, I, I would like to see lots of eyebrow raising from Roger Moore as mm. Patrick McNee is phenomenally successful with the women in it. And he gets nowhere. That's, that's, no. the, that's the way that should go down.
0: Poor well, Roger.
2: Yeah. But um, sorry, I just mentioned Leslie Phillips. Leslie Phillips' wife's in it as well. Or well, future wife. We've got... Uh, yeah, Bart, I'd up in the same mate. as the schooler. Angela Scavo, yeah, uh, horrible story with her. Ruby Bartlett, the first person there that Bond sleeps with, and really, you can't make a case for why he's doing this.
1: <laughs> oh, poor Ruby.
2: No, I don't mean Ruby. She's fine, but the fact is, <laughs> what, 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 what? How is he serving his mission there? Uh, he's,
3: he's finding out. He's finding out more about her, I suppose. <laughs> He's getting to know her inside. of that, <laughs> yeah. <So they laughs> I mean, so mean, to be fair, she, she was like, "Well, you know, she'd write a room number on there."
1: Got <laughs> a slight stiffness coming on, <laughs> and then in the shoulder added <laughs> afterwards.
2: Um, well, yeah. So he basically—they're all there, being ostensibly treated for allergies. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and,
1: yeah John character is like well I know what he's allergic to
2: girls <laughs> um, Ruth's yeah. allergic to chicken I can't remember what half of the rest of them are that um, dinner yeah, scene's, what, what, scene's actually you know, inadvertently a bit racist if you watch it yeah I, I was about
3: to yeah, make that point so you've got
1: the Chinese girl eating rice and oh.
2: it's what a what black lady's eating yeah, yeah.
1: That's, what lady's eating yeah that's what made me laugh really dodgy.
2: <laughs> but it's over quite quickly thankfully
1: It's just like yeah a- stereotyping is kept to a minimum
3: yeah the uh the indian ladies eating some sort of naan bread or something like that it's just
2: yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it's really quite dodgy and of course they can't they don't know how to stereotype their own race so she just eats chicken but
3: uh... are like, why, why would they have to anyway that's what I don't, I don't understand what the need was like
2: well if you're allergic to bananas you want to spend thousands of pounds to go to this exclusive resort <laughs> rather than just like i won't have them
0: I mean, just, fair, yeah, I, mean eat to,
3: them. I mean to be fair, like it, it's quite in, in China it's a quite common thing to eat rice, so imagine that's pretty you know, if if you were like uh lived in China and you were yeah, you to rice, rice, I completely. imagine that would be beneficial to mm. kind of like get...
2: get that bit sorted. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like bananas, really.
3: It's just it's just a little bit of a like really, come on. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: <that's> <laughs> yeah,
2: basically at night they're all locked in their rooms. They're on suite, thankfully.
1: <laughs> the rooms look nice
2: The rooms look okay well, for, They look like a disco tonight, a night though They do, they, once they start, you know It's basically. a very
1: psychedelic kind of treatment That you see
2: So Bond breaks out using a ruler Between a couple of erasers Very low tech Yeah, and he goes to suite 8 Where Ruby is And basically has sex with her Plot <gasps> spoiler Yeah, and you see her nipples <laughs> but that's just a dust. Get the Blu-ray, Chris.
1: Well, I uh, didn't see that. But,
2: um, <laughs> but that's just a really. It is a bit of a weird scene. It is a bit of a weird scene. They do sort of make her. Uh, I mean, he goes back to her a couple of times. He starts lining them up, doesn't he? <laughs>
1: seven eight well, nine. He, he, You're a new dear, well he, he
3: sleeps with ruby then he goes back to his room because he has to like because the, that's where you know it's the weird hypnotizing kind of thing going on with yeah father's yeah. tell his father's voice going like he's like well i'm like, not gonna get any you more you, you 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 like chicken you like their feathers and all this sort of stuff and then uh so he goes okay right fine so he sneaks back so he sneaks back in his room and he finds like a, like another one who's actually already broke it's like broken into his room and
2: yeah, so it it gets a bit at that point. It does get a bit. I don't know. It's just he just goes back, and all I can think is he must just still stink of Ruby. <laughs> it's just like you know. But yeah, he but,
0: but
3: literally, she's in like in his room, and he basically says it's like it's like a comedic thing. But he he says
2: exactly what he says to Ruby to get his back. I don't normally like girls, but um, yeah.
1: Yeah, surely it's... would they not all notice that if he's saying we are twice as lovely in the firelight tomorrow? And you think, hold on a minute, she said, he said that to me. I was like, oh.
2: Well,
3: well, yeah, I, I don't
2: know. It does get a bit dodgy, because he spends the rest of his time there basically having as many of them as he can. <laughs>
1: he's a great busy boy.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it, it's like that the next day, where like uh, he's like, oh, well, the work's stacking up. Like, he's got all his different... <laughs> you no idea how it's piling up. <laughs>
2: yeah. Think, like, <laughs> just do them all at dinner. Save yourself some time. <laughs>
1: Um, um, but...
2: I don't know how many there are there's about 12 of them isn't
1: there dos, or whatever it is in French
2: I don't know I... Ooh, ooh, bow to your knowledge Becca <laughs>
1: uh... <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah, I did my A level German at school but I can kind kinda of to 12 in French and that's about it sorry
2: yeah alright so... <laughs> yeah but um, of course it's that and his conversation with Blofeld that actually blows his cover
3: because... it's amazing he doesn't recognise him well, here's the thing right Because <laughs> in 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 the book um because Majesties came before you only Live twice yes. so yeah so right. in in the book he hasn't they haven't actually met like so no, it, so they wouldn't know what which other looked like, but because they decided to do in their infinite wisdom <laughs> to do uh you <laughs> only Live twice <laughs> first mm. uh and have Bond juice um himself to uh Blofeld. Oh, sorry, Blofeld introduced himself to Bond, so they've kind of met. They, It kind of gives this little plot hole where it's like, um, how does that work? I mean, there there are certain factors, the fact that, yes, he's uh, in disguise as someone else, and Blofeld looks
2: seemingly different and all this. But... Well, Blo- Blofeld, I think in the book, had had extensive plastic surgery. Um, and it was one of the things they were talking about to explain the switch to Lazenby. They didn't go that route in the end, but there was... Talk of it was going to be a plastic surgery storyline. To be honest, we know the films are kind of in the wrong order anyway. Mm. I don't make too much of it. It's the first time they've met. They met for a couple of minutes at the end of the last film, if you choose to in- include that, but. Yeah,
1: don't, don't read into it kind of too much, obviously. It's um, yeah, minor.
2: But he gets all the details about where the, the Blochon ancestry is buried. He gets that detail wrong. Yeah. And that sets alarm bells ringing, so they set. Um, a bunt in wait for him in Ruby's room,
3: which they must have known he was shaking as well.
1: Yeah, they they look very different.
2: Well, you could have just put her, put her in any room; you'll get there.
1: Mm. <laughs> just <laughs> you you it's just
2: whether it's first or last, you know. He might be a bit harder to knock out at the start because he's still a bit, you know, a bit knackered by the end.
3: Oh dear. but, but um, that that bit is a bit night, a uh, bit like a nightmarish sort of scene when it's like sort of when you sort of well, yeah, he sort of. Rolls over, Ruby's expecting to find Ruby, it's really like um, Emma Bunton. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's deliberate. And he doesn't
2: think well he <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get a chance to like weigh up whether he would or not. He gets knocked <laughs> well, out before I, he has I, to move. I, make I that like decision. how he
3: still tries to do it. It's like oh fancy <laughs> yeah. meeting you here, Froline. And it's like yeah. smack go across and get the head. That
2: Playboy I nicked <laughs> out of that office. <laughs> just, uh, I need a bit of visual stimulus. Uh,
3: yeah, so we get s- Smacked across the head, and, mm. um, and then he wakes yeah. up. Then, like, and Blofeld's all like, "So, so, uh, I've rumbled you, Mr. Bond," kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about this before, but what do you make of Telly Savalas in the role of Blofeld? He's quite good,
1: I think.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think he's. I think out of all the actors to do it, I'd be absolutely. I'm happiest with Telly Savalas. Um,
2: I think he's great, providing you don't think outside of the confines of this film.
0: Yeah, I don't think i co I think
2: that when, when you think about Blofeld, as he's been teased to us so far and shown to us, and what we know of Spectre and everything else, it's a wild miscast. It, it really is. But just within the context of this film, I think he's really good.
1: Is a bit more? Um, he's more active in this film, isn't he? Like previous films, like he's like the agent, and he has obviously his minions to do things for him. Whereas this time around, you know, he's he's created the. Um, the allergy clinic, as he calls it, um, he's much more. He wants to be like an agent of change. He's much more kind of active in you know, his villainous roles, whereas like um, Donald Pleasance, you know, who's just literally pushing buttons. And
2: mm. there is literally as well. There's some knowledge to what he's doing. There was almost like a. There is a genius there because he is curing these women of their allergies. At the same time, they are eating all the foods they're allergic to.
1: Exactly. Uh, at the same time, he was Get, off, get,
2: of get with, with the American accent. That ended up giving off giving off like a Lex Luthor life vibe.
1: It was a little bit very strange.
2: Yeah, just this this sort of because Lex Luthor is actually a genius.
1: I think
3: what it is for me is that he does kind of. I don't I don't know because I've not read the books. I mean, like judging from the film series, but you always think of Blofeld as bold and kind of like it's kind of a bit big. I mean, I, I don't know where he comes across in the books really.
2: He's all over the place in the books.
3: Uh, yeah. but, but is he look? He's, he's bold, looks a bit odd looking and he's quite evil and I think mm. uh, Telly Savalis does that quite well I mean, and I think if he had been the, the actor of choice to, in all three of the times he's on screen, I'd be happy with that choice. I'd, cause he's, mm. he, he, he convinces me as someone who it does look like he's in charge of a criminal organization and and he's quite capable and he's quite hands on and gets stuff done and he's like yeah. dastardly evil I mean well. when Campbell gets yeah.
2: killed because I mm. mean it's around this point we find that out because mm. he gets taken to his new lodgings
1: which mm. is basically
2: imprisoned and they pass him hung upside down outside
3: mm. he
1: sort of gleefully shows him off doesn't he oh, this and that
2: what... that's, I buy that from Telly Savalas
3: like, oh poor like yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the way he's smoking his cigarette as well. I've not seen Blowfield smoke.
1: No, it's very weird and how he, he holds a cigarette. It's very
3: odd. I don't know. If that's that's the thing that tells tells just I'm does sorry. anyway. Yeah, I don't
1: know. It is Charles Gray doing that, do you? I don't think. No, but yeah, very odd. But um, there's also the scene like where he's explaining his plot. He doesn't um, he doesn't blink. Oh, that's really weird. I don't know. It's just very the intensity of the of his performance is very convincing. Hmm.
3: Again, he's quite gleeful, and it's like, oh, he's like very proud of himself as he's delivering the lines. But it also doesn't. It's like it's it's, fil- it's bad guy revealing his uh, his plot rot one oh one But he's like, oh well, I won't tell you this much. No, like, but yeah,
1: I'll, I'll reveal a little bit too much, but I'll just, I'll give you enough to go on. Yeah, with
3: him. I'll I'll give you enough so I can gloat, but uh, but oh well, it yeah. never
2: came off as gloating to me. I mean, it is exposition because you know how else would we get. What his plot is? Yeah, exactly. It's but like, it, it just yeah. comes across as he is very coldly telling. Well, we get the rest from Seven him as well, don't
3: we? Bitter. Later on, we get like when it comes to his demands and things like that, we get get that delivered from him. Um, yeah,
1: but yeah, it's, it's generally quite convincing in the role, I think. So
3: yeah, I mean, I I, I really I really talked to him um, on this watching, uh, particularly. So uh, yeah, so but one thing that doesn't make much sense is. Right, so you got Bond. Okay. So you decide not to kill him, okay, that's a common trope in a Bond film, like typically. Uh why why so why are you keeping him alive, blah de blah. But not only are you he imprison him, but you prison him inside somewhere which is kind of escapable. <laughs> I
2: think actually like, yeah, but it's completely I mean if you think about it, Bond would have frozen to death there. It's kind of semi outside. Yeah. He, yeah, would have frozen, he would have frozen to death there. So I, I...
3: And it was quite like a movable kind of yeah. stuff. Like, so the stuff he had to do was pretty kind of like out it's there. It's pretty
2: hardcore to try to escape from that. But... And he had
1: no gadgets as well. He literally just had the insides of his pockets. And he had no kind of, you know, laser cutting device. or.
2: Yeah.
1: He had no, nothing, no tech on him at all. Just he'd have fucked
2: if he'd still been wearing the kill.
1: Yeah, he'd be in trouble, wouldn't he? he'd have no
2: pockets, and B, all the people in the cable cards would just be looking right up.
1: I think, yeah, all he had in that sparring was like his little, you know, the, the two bits of rubber. And...
2: Two
3: bits <laughs> and was of rubber. All I can think Not of is that scene stuff. where he, all, all can think now is when he first goes to that scene where uh, he, he meets Ruby and he goes like, he drops the kilt and
2: he goes, it is true. It's
0: true.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear.
2: So I'm presuming that they, they don't wear anything under the kilt. Or it could have been <laughs> cold in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I
1: shall, I shall ask my Scottish boyfriend. See what he says. <laughs> you got a Scottish boyfriend? what oh, is he? I think his family's Scottish somewhere along the line. So all right, I shall. I shall ask him.
2: <laughs> okay, what? What? If they wear no pants?
1: Yeah, I'll ask him. Is it okay.
2: true? Okay, I'd be impressed if he goes on the record with that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I'll see
2: what he says. <laughs> all right escapes. I love this section. We get to the actually the song you hate most in this film.
3: Well, the, it, it turned up when he first arrived, anyway. Majority, oh. do it's you tough. know how Christmas oh. trees are? Going... I, I don't know because it, it's, it's kind of eerie. Well, it's so, quite creepy, isn't
1: it? It's well, yeah. Like I mean, it he feels um...
2: quite he feels quite haunted in this section.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's like in those sort of horror movies when they have like the tinkling, kind of always like at the um. Oh, I can't think of what it is.
2: He didn't have time to stop for a tinkle.
1: No. That... <laughs> It's like, it's like when they use like kind of like children's musical, most or like a xynophone or something very simple, mm. in, in a horror movie that kind of way. And it's just like they were, it's a lovely song. Um, the lyrics are quite sweet, um, but yeah, it's very saccharine. Yeah but I, and... I,
3: yeah, but I love how it's used. I love like the it. I, yeah. It does feel like it could come straight out of horror form, and it is used. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of used in, like as as he
1: arrives, and it's a little bit. Menacing. And of course,
2: we've we've missed out an obvious detail. Actually, it's Christmas.
0: Yeah, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. The film is set at Christmas. That yeah. reminds us it's during the holiday season. And... So we've
2: got Christmas trees and it's you know ice skating and all that sort of thing going on. So it's got a really, it's got a real warm feel to it as well.
1: It's a lovely Christmas movie as well. So if you've got really Die Hard, you know all the rest of it. Majesty's is that it's at Way better
2: than Die Hard for Christmas. <laughs> <coughs>
3: Sorry.
1: <laughs> Chris objects. Yes, I,
3: I object
2: hugely. It's the best Christmas Bond movie, shall we say? Yes, See, Christmas Bond movie to be fair.
1: But <laughs> no, I yeah, yeah, it's definitely like a rotation
2: well. at Christmas. I definitely do watch it at Christmas.
3: Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm gonna watch it at Christmas now as well, next to uh, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Um, <laughs>
1: There's equally great Christmas movies. Yes, <laughs> and Ghostbusters as well. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, Ghostbusters? Gonna, I'm gonna Ghostbusters. I'm gonna have to out myself
2: time. here. I consider Die Hard one of the most overrated films of all time. <gasps> anyway, moving on.
1: Anyway. I don't think
3: I can carry on this podcast now. No, no, no. <laughs> I quit. Uh, yeah, it's because uh, Die Hard's, I, I always named Die Hard my, my favourite film. Do you? Yeah. yeah.
1: Good job. Yeah. Right. Good choice, good choice. Thank
3: Terry. you, thank you you, can, I, you, you. you can stay on the podcast. No,
1: <laughs> I don't get thrown to the sharks with
0: lasers on there. No.
3: Well, it's fair, you are host anyway, so I'm
0: kidding.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dave, you can go. No, I'm kidding, no, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm <laughs> I, I quit. <laughs> but anyway,
2: yeah, so it is set at Christmas, which gives it a certain feel all of its own as well. Yeah,
3: which again, it's like it, it, don't have this in a bomb film either. Um, mm. But yeah, so basically, from from basically when he gets escapes from the uh, the, the the layer, should we speak? Should we speak? It, it's pretty much all action all the way now. After having like a quite a lot of plot, it's, it comes pretty much like a chase film.
2: Yeah, more or less. There's there's one sort of short moment of reflection afterwards, which we'll get to. But basically, he he, he needs Tracy's help, and yeah. he is scared. And I cannot see. Sean well, we well, doing this scene.
3: Well, we have well, we do have like a really good uh, chase chase thing on skis, which uh, is a really good action scene. To, uh, you know, well, we've, we've got,
2: got the, he, he, when he escapes, he, he's spotted leaving, and he's chased on mm. skis. Then yeah. he gets to the uh, he gets to the village where Tracy. Is aware that Bond is in the area, so she's got that from her father, and is there, basically hanging around, hoping to bump into Bond. Yeah, and it does sell you that it's a small enough little village that that's feasible. Yeah, they're going to see each other eventually. Yeah, and then basically they get to her car, the Cougar. The Cougar. And it's a car chase, including some stock snow-based stock car racing.
0: And it's, a really quite,
1: scene as well.
3: yeah, it's quite a fun little thing to have. Also, the last time we see uh, Uma Bunt, um, as she kind of—well, no, no, do we do never, see, no, We do see her again. Oh, we do see her again. Yes, mm. uh, but for majority of the rest of the film, she kind of w- wanders off the out of the car and then like we, th- we we think she might have died because the car explodes and we go ah. Um, mm. Yeah. But, no, but you never know. We see her it's again. It's never it's never confirmed. Um, mm. no. But. Well it does get confirmed later on. <laughs> but <laughs> but what, then, should we come back? You never yeah, know. But the, just to go back to the Christmas tree song, there was a really nice uh, bit when, when Bond's kind of like shit like chasing like going through the crowds at the Christmas market. Almost like the bit in Thunderball. Uh, that, in that yeah. festival thing. But uh there's a there's a bit where the, that song's going on and the, there's a guy in a really scary polar bear kind of
1: yeah, it's very creepy.
3: Isn't it? It's like it's it's like Bond actually go. Oh my fucking god! That scared the <laughs> shit got out a of her. like a really nice sort. Of and then it's like this laughing song. afterwards. which kind of like, which kind of just stays. It, it's creepy. it's yeah. only
2: for about thirty seconds, but for thirty seconds, it's a horror film.
1: It's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. Like,
3: and and you think that you still hear it long after he's gone it's like he's still like after he's kind of got still hear laughter in the background it's like oh my god it's like a crazy guy um i think
1: it's one of the on the on the soundtrack i think it's one of the last songs on the soundtrack and it's like oh creepy
2: <laughs> we get to obviously they they make their escape by car uh we've got the sort of stock car sequence as we talked about and then they get to a sort of quiet scene at a bar a barn and we've only ever really had a sequence like this once afterwards in Bond history, we see it again in Casino Royale, where he's on the beach talking about giving it all up and wants to keep his soul intact and wants to be with her and he loves her. And we get the we get the we get this film's version of that scene,
3: of the scene where he pops the question.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: To so the beautiful tune of uh, "We Have All Time in the World" again, which kind of breaks out quite regularly when they're together. Yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: kinda of, it's their theme, isn't it, really? It kind of adds to the sort of romantic tone and, and the kind and of the so, way it's filmed as well, with the kind yeah. of the soft like Vaseline almost.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean we we haven't had it confirmed whether he needed Vaseline.
1: <laughs> no, it's not the soft lighting and you know, yeah. the very soft focus.
2: But they did have a role in the hay, literally. Quite literally. And then they take off so yes, basically they at this point they they agree to marry. Um yeah. And the film completely sells it, and and the fact that he was literally putting it about at Pitt's Glory or only twenty minutes ago is effectively not only forgotten but it's sold to us as well. That that was that was one thing he had to do. Tracy's back; she saved his life, and this is now the woman he wants to be with.
3: I, I think yeah, that also helps. Like when she's here to come to his rescue, it's like it just feels like you kind of you see from Bond's point of view where she just, see the see the legs just skate up and he looks up and it's her. And, yeah. it, you, just, and you, just, you, you almost kind of like, from Bond's point of view, you think like, yeah. oh, f- he, he's like, that thing is sold. I mean, it was always set before, but you, you can kind of feel like that's the moment and oh, that's mm. now. Yeah, so, and also throughout the time they're getting chased. They're kind of working well as a team, like she's driving She's like on the spot. She warns him off about the gunman. Um, and throughout the times, he's, he's kind of impressed with her. Like, Amount time he says, "Good, oh, good girl," to her like at least three times, and not yeah. in a kind of, and not in a kind of, uh, oh, good girl. It's like not
1: understanding, it, is it? it it's yeah.
2: better than it sounds.
1: Yeah, it, it, we're it, making it. It, it, you, it is we're like,
2: making it sound of its time. It actually plays fine.
3: It, yeah, it it feel it is does feel like a general, Like I'm really fucking impressed. <laughs> yeah, and relieved.
1: Them. Really impressed yeah. With them. yeah, but uh, it's
3: like, oh, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like nicely done, like kind of. I think that's kind of like how it's done, but it's more of admiration and kind of they work well together, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that that's what solves the 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 the, uh, the idea that Bond is in love because yeah,
1: it makes it more convincing.
3: Well, yeah, what rather than what it would be, if it was like more traditional to so the book of the character of the Tracy, really would have been like a bit more of like more damsel in distress kind of character, which would have made it that much different, really. To they, what t- we... they
2: take off for me on the... on the uh, In the morning, they're caught, or they're caught up with, mm. but they've already left, and we get a beautiful daylight skiing sequence mm. uh, where they're chased, and it's sort of combined... Blofeld sets off an avalanche.
3: Yeah. To catch no, not train. before one of them falls into a, like, a snow <laughs> sewing machine. Against gets uh. minced, yeah. Literally yeah, yeah literally of
2: jets. Yeah. <laughs> Which Lazenby delivers horribly. He yeah, had lots it. of guts.
1: Yeah. Thanks. But it's,
3: it's kind of difficult whilst you're skiing. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, like...
2: yeah, but they, they, stood against, they, they stood against blue screen or like back projection or something. It's... You're
1: not meant to think that. You're not meant to know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, but they chat like normally in all these things, don't
1: they? <laughs> he had lots of
2: guts. It just doesn't work.
1: But... So you've got Yeah, you've got the noisy machine in the background. It's so. a good
2: line fucked up. <laughs> um,
1: yes, yeah, so it was one of the few, few uh, quips that he delivers, so.
2: But Tracy uh, gets caught in the avalanche, Bond does not. And then we get that lovely scene as it transitions to M's window.
3: Yeah. And that's what I mean by another. This film differs in style greatly. Because mm. you'd never see that in like a Connery. You'd, you'd never see it since.
2: You, never... You're seeing him looking out the window and yeah. thinking, and that's what's in his head. Mm. And it's done as an effective transition as well.
3: Hmm. Um also but it, it does add another thing of like a stupid blow felt thing to do it's like you, you make a big avalanche right and mm. you go like well that buries James Bond oh look there's that girl she was with let's get her out because there's no chance Bond might not survive that as well as she has it's, just like, you. it's like are you not going to do lots of routine search well, yeah, to make by sure that
2: point, hang on a minute by that point they're going to give in to him they are going to give in to him because he's in M's office and he's saying, we've got to go back. We owe this woman a debt.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that. But that, I'm, I'm talking about the at the time him. of the have a lunch.
2: And he... um, it, M refuses. They're going to give in. They're going to grant him the title. Mm. Um, And so, again, he, he needs to go rogue. <laughs>
3: you rogue <laughs> okay. again. Uh, but think yeah. so. Like I, I think it's kind of clever because I think there this time Blofeld's not asking for money, so it comes a lot more like, uh, If we just, yeah, it's not really. It's something we. Can, if we just go like, yeah, okay, then
2: He's, we're just gonna give him a trinket, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the plot driving this is not the most. Blofeld's plot is actually really cool. It's demand terrible, less it? though. Like
1: he doesn't get given the title. He's gonna go. Go ahead with the, you know, systematic disintegration it's of. It's
2: basically going to kill uh, strains of cereal and livestock.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's terrible. And then obviously, they, you know, what they don't know is that, you know, regardless of who's given the title, he's programmed these angels of death to do it anyway. And you think, oh my god, it's terrifying.
2: Yeah, like Joanna Lumley's going to set it off on the set of Absolutely Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sweetie <laughs>
1: darling. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's. Though,
3: um... to be fair, right? It's, it's like correct me for wrong. And that's again a little bit stupid. Okay, so like, all right, if you don't do it, right, we'll grant you immunity for your past crimes. Okay, and then yeah. he, and he commits like a, a fresh crime, a grand fresh crime. It's like, well, now you want it now? You got? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how it works. You know, but yeah. I'm pretty sure like. That
2: it, means... it, it basically, they're going to accede to his demands. Yeah. So they're, they're not going to say, "We grant you immunity, but all for this, all but this one." You know, I don't think. Yeah, be they, they they
0: capitulate. But They're
2: gonna, they're going to give in. So, I mean, Lazenby has got virtually no joy out of M in this film at all. So he goes to Draco, who is well-funded, well-connected.
3: And and well-motivated.
2: And they stage a fun... I mean, I talk about comparatively not being an action fan. All I mean by that is I love good action, but when a film just stops telling a story and just does action for the last third of its storyline. I tend to get a bit bored. The attack on Pit's Gloria is, pardon the pun, glorious. I think it's, it's fantastic.
0: Phenomenal.
1: Best <laughs> action
2: sequence to this point in the series.
1: Hmm.
3: And it's the first time we actually hear the proper Jane, uh, James Bond theme tune. It is, yes, yes
1: definitely. Is. Yeah, and they start the siege on Pitts Gloria.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic siege. You've got... You've got Lazenby sliding along the floor, firing a machine gun. I know that. On his I, front. that yeah, that's just, so cool. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but is fantastic. I know.
3: Exactly. I, I always think of that when I think uh, think of Lazenby. Yeah. That that's like his that cool moment where he's just sliding along the
2: ice, firing his
3: machine. Gun. Something
1: like that Daniel Craig would do. You know, it's that kind of really cool stunt. Craig
2: would do that. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: yeah, I could definitely see him doing that sort of stunt. It's um, just
2: so cool. But the whole thing. I mean, they're, they're in a beautiful location the armed guards have kind of a uniform so it's got a visual shorthand that's quite easy, the sun is starting to set so you've got like an orange sky quite dramatic isn't you've it, you've got a mixture of the bomb music and the um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service theme and it's just fantastic and they go in really committed They—they they I know that sounds literally deaf, all
1: guns blazing yeah
2: exactly, there's no fucking about it they, they storm the place
3: and what also, I kind of like is when the James Bond theme is is playing. It's kind of an odd thing, but it's kind of played more over with the fight that Tracy has with the uh, the the bald headed thug. Yes. Uh, which is oh. it, it, it? like the focus it is on that. I mean, yeah, you got all the the siege yeah. happening, but it's not really Bond doing his stuff. It's yeah. actually because it actually it actually ends when she when she actually gets him killed. It's like oh, it's like oh that's a bit odd. James Bond the, theme.
2: It's just a great scene, and it, and it's it's cut expertly. Mm. We uh, Talking of which, this is the first contribution to the series of John Glenn. Uh, John Glenn directed a lot of the sort of skiing scenes and so on. He was second unit director, but he was also the editor on this film. Mm. And he went on and directed every 80s entry to this series. He
1: did, yeah, five in a row, didn't
2: he, I think? Yeah, two of which, at least two of which we're all very fond of, maybe, arguably more. Yeah, it's just it's just expertly cut as well. I mean, I'm 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 no film student, but every time you feel, let's see what's going on there, we cut there. It's it's really really well put together. It's a fantastic scene. Um, That's why
1: yeah, the choppy editing kind of really helps because this this film stands out as a lot of hardcore Bond fans as mm. um, like the number one film, or at least in the top five. And I think the divisive.
2: There'll be people who rank it near the bottom. But oh no, definitely
1: exactly. It's, it's, it's a smart like movie, isn't it? Yeah, it
2: depends. How, if you have a problem with Lazenby and, and I mean a real problem with Lazenby you tend to have a problem with this film. Sure. Uh, well, you do because It's what? the only film he's done. But <laughs> point is, uh, some, it's whether you can see past that, or indeed have a problem at all. Mm. If, if it, you don't really have a problem with Lazenby this film tends to be very high up your list.
1: My, my point is generally that like, the editing style of it elevates this film up to, you know, beyond normal. So,
2: Well, I, I, I just think it's all of it. I think it's the prettiest film in the series. Um, and I I would struggle to see one being anywhere near as, as pretty. The locations play a large part of that, but you've got... Oh yeah,
1: the, yeah so it's not just the editing alone, but you've got, it's one of a large, got a large part best of it, leading actress. Really
2: you've probably got the best Bond leading actress of the entire series. I'd say you've got my favourite score of the series, although there's a couple that run it close. But I I think it's a very, very special score. It's it's edited uniquely. It tells an interesting story. Bond falls in love. The action is better than anything to this point, and anything for a very long time afterwards. So really, I'm not going to sit here and tell you George Lazenby is the best Bond, but nearly every at nearly everything else in this film is better than any other competition.
3: I have to agree with that as well. It, it's
2: it's extraordinary.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, and the thing is, Bladesby isn't that bad, and he, I, I, I think
2: I would even take out the word that. Uh, yeah, exactly. I,
3: would I say yeah, he's, yeah, he's,
2: yeah. isn't bad.
3: No, he's not. I, I, would say. No, he's not bad at all. Actually, I'll go step further. Bladesby is actually good.
2: Yes.
1: yes. It's just oh, oh, he's just
2: that he's only had one film to establish. He's a bit stiff in a few scenes. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah, he's, he's I, no, not that's not a joke. I promise you, he's a little bit. Yeah, I'd yeah. Say, I, I, I'm, he, but he does everything with quite an engaging confidence. Mm. Like, you give Dalton, who I like a lot, um, a funny line and he kind of spits it back at you. He's,
1: he's got that hard edge to me. You, give, you yeah.
2: give Lazenby a funny line and he fucks it up, but he fucks it up with gusto. He, he gives it a go. And I, I really quite like him in this film. And like I say, he plays vulnerable very well. He plays the intimate scenes very well. Maybe it's because of that deep voice of his. I don't know. But when he's close with Diana Rigg talking to her I buy it and I can't see Connery doing that
1: mm. no he buys into the emotional side of it I think he does that really well but he, mm. does, he does have a
3: good bomb moment as well it's very fleeting uh, in a the, in the storm where the, the random scientist do throws like a chemical at him and he dodges it and shoots him and he like, looks at the, the, door, the, the hole the, in the door yeah do you know what that yeah.
2: reminds me of what it reminds me of the bit in Goldfe- uh, Goldeneye where um, they're shooting at Brosnan, and it hits the sort of he's got his back against like a a pillar, and the oh, yeah, shot like... out, and he's oh, yeah, just yeah. calmly going on with what he
1: does.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like it was like they just swatting off flies. He's like he just kind of like just just.
2: just, I, yeah. just, he head just, just a little it,
1: bit. It, yeah, pass
2: him. Oh, it was great. I just thought the whole thing was terrific, and I'm never normally a fan of of Bond with machine guns, but it but it works here really really well
1: well yeah that proves a point doesn't it really if it managed to engage you on that level then.
2: Um, yeah. well it got silly in the <laughs> era I mean you just have machine guns virtually no, pretty all the time but, so yeah so they they basically um, oh and then we go on to the bobsleigh scene which is in the book although blowfo gets away I think in the book
1: there's a pretty good chase scene though
2: with the standards of the era I mean yeah I mean it's it's very it would have been very difficult with the technology they had then But I thought they did pretty well.
3: So, like, in the book, Blowfold gets away in a a bobsleigh.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he's still driving it down the M1 or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He's
1: still racing it as we speak. He just
2: indicates, turns left, stops off at services. Um, (laughs) That's a little break, you know. Yeah, but it it doesn't end with him dangling from a tree. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, obviously, all bobsleigh runs have an end to them. I, I don't, re- I can't remember that bit. Can you?
1: No, I can't remember how he gets away. Let's You want to reread all the books again?
2: Um, see, the funny thing is, I've read, I've, I've re- remembered this earlier. I read up to and through Goldfinger, I think. Then I, st- I haven't read Thunderball, but I have read this because it's my favourite film. So I haven't read the other two parts of the Blofeld trilogy, and I haven't read whatever comes after that. But up until this book, up until this book, Thunderball the only one I've not read. And the book, the book here is terrific. I'd still put From Russia with Love ahead of it as a book. But yeah, the book's really good, and they've made an outstanding film out of it. But they've got Blofeld, and then we go on to James Bond's wedding.
3: Ah, oh, the final scene.
1: Aww.
2: Now this, where they drive away from this, I mean, we'll get back to the actual wedding itself. Or the colour in it, it's just beautiful.
1: It's lovely, isn't it? And whilst it's we're not really car stunning.
2: fans, I think that car is really attractive. Um, it's just lovely. And Em um, and Draco having a chat got a nice feel to it as well. Yeah, if Bernard Lee was pissed.
0: <laughs>
1: he was definitely enjoying himself that day.
2: Well, yeah, apparently he was being held up in some parts of that. Oh bless him. He was, yeah, he was in a bad way when they
1: filmed.
2: Yeah, TV. you can kind of see it. I guess. Um, then he, yeah, we see Q. We do see Q at least.
1: Give him a bit of fatherly mm. advice.
2: Uh, yeah, but this time I've got the gadgets.
1: <laughs> I know how Once to again, use. Again,
2: he means his cock.
1: <laughs>
2: <And> the <laughs> the magic gadget the hat to money penny is lovely.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that just oh, oh so sad.
2: Contrast this with the next film where she makes a joke about engagement rings. His wife was killed at the end of the last film, you donut. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Let's have a little gag.
3: Yeah,
1: but if yeah, based, she just brushes over it, doesn't
3: she? You're based on Sean's performance. I don't think you would really know, would you? Yeah, no,
2: no, you just... No. I mean, they're trying to retcon this out of existence, but I think this is a lovely scene. Everybody looks great. Um, it's shot in beautiful sunshine, loads of flowers, loads of colour.
1: Or just costumes as well. I mean, many hats, I mean, Diana Riggs' I actually, really,
2: I really like Diana Riggs' uh, wedding dress.
1: Really pretty.
2: No, it's actually trousers. Well, it's actually, yes. it's got legs on it as opposed. person. Yeah, it's
1: a really smart suit, isn't it? It's yeah, it's really nice. Beautiful.
2: And yeah, she cries again, and oh, it's just really, really nice. And then they set off down the very road they first saw each other on.
1: Oh, it's very romantic. you've yeah. got the whole, he loves, he loves me, he loves me
3: not. And... and there's lots of little things that echo that kind of, um, like, the gov. Never, uh, never. Can't even speak. It's inevitable what's going to happen. Uh, because I'm, I, thinking... I, I remember, like, I, I, even at the beginning, where she's kind of got a bit of a death wish, and she's like, "Oh, like, I never, I never play it safe unless you want to like um, yeah. s- stay alive." Stay alive. And, oh, please stay alive, at least for tonight, kind of thing. And there's just kind of there, there's always this sort of ne- negging of mm. of uh, you know of the theme of we have all time in the world. Yeah. You know, this this kind of thing. It's just so, it's just so. It does hit you like a, every time you watch it. It does hit you like
2: a. Like and when a... she shot, it did lead to my most unfortunate typo on Twitter. Oh dear. Because we we were joking one. I was talking one night to a lot of people about things that have made me embarrassingly cry. I don't give a shit. I'm not that embarrassed if I cry. But I was making we are making fun of each other. And there was. Um, I once cried at Father the Bride. There you I are. cried at an episode of Star Trek. It was the one in Deep Space Nine where Jake gets old trying to save his dad. But anyway, um The Visitor. Really great episode. But we're talking friend, about this.
0: Maggie.
2: <laughs> oh what the one with what when she said her first word?
1: Yeah, that made me cry. I was like, oh Do you know who <laughs> said
2: that first word? Do you it know was, who um, that? Uh oh God. It's Taylor. Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but um And we I'm were saying about it. Now I, I put and I just said jokingly. Although it was true, because I did roll a tear the first time I saw this, I said, "You should have seen the state of me when I saw James Bond's wife shot." I think
1: I might have replied to you actually, because no, no, sure. this
2: was before we knew each other. Oh, okay. Fortunately, oh. because of the language I tend to use, my phone autocorrected "shot" to "shit," <gasps> so I put a tweet out there that said, "You should have seen the state of me when I saw James Bond's wife shit." <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> and I didn't spot it. Till I started getting replies. That's so
3: annoying. Nice. My phone never autocorrects shit. It always goes like, "Oh well, some other word." Or well, yeah, no, it's, but... it's just like the amount. The...
2: My phone knows <laughs> me well. The, the, Actually,
3: ma- the amount follow... of ducks I, I I've uh, I've tweeted out. Oh my god, I can't tell you.
2: So I mean, she's shot, and uh, she's of course she's shot in a, a hail of bullets. You have got Blofeld driving, looking very much like he will later on in uh, your, for your eyes only and you've got no, a yeah, Bunt,
1: Bunt with the machine gun Emma
2: Bunt with the machine gun shoots at the car he jumps in ready to give chase and she's been shot right through the, the centre of her forehead awful um, and it really kind of leads us to the, 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 a few things about this film when we, when we move on to what happened and why Lazenby didn't come back this film underperformed and you've got to think we're used to Bond yes he's won and now he's having some sex let's leave we all feel great yeah
1: this ending's completely different isn't it it's really this is a week somber, before christmas so we merry
2: it. christmas everyone
1: yeah merry christmas. my christmas The wife just
0: died what yeah you've hell? got
2: bond desolate the leading man's already quit um and it's a very long film as well i, I can kind of and see i don't
3: as well i mean also you got yes have another plot uh, we we have you know it's it's not your typical um setup where there's, there's a lot of plot beginning and people like you can imagine James is thinking, "This is not the Bond we know." I'm kind of bored where's now. The where's yeah. the
2: cue scene? the Yeah, where's... all, all yeah.
1: this, yeah. And you yeah the, just... the formula's out the window pretty much. And,
3: much. and it's pretty, and it's it's pretty much like an, an like an Egypt reaction that people have, sadly, which is like, "Oh, this is something different." No, I want the same. I want the same shit I've had before. That's why some
1: people hated Daniel Craig. He was like, "Oh, he's, he's not Bond." Rah, 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 rah. Know,
2: like, oh, yeah, but he bumble, turned bumble, bumble. he turned a majority of those people round instantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair to him.
1: Yeah, well, to be fair. I, I think I'm you, get, you
2: get some of this with Dalton, though. You do get, mm. for for a lot of casual viewers, Dalton is kind of that weird mistake between Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan. His no, films did always- comparatively do that well. No. And, you know, they, they tend to be left out of the rotation of films comparatively a bit more. Sure. Um, th- this film suffered that for years. Not only that... Um, was it American TV or am I getting that confused with The Godfather? Because The Godfather got re edited for television and I've got a feeling this one did too. And oh, ended, yeah, I wouldn't
1: be surprised, there's quite a lot of sex and violence. It, def- it the movie.
2: Yeah, but not just an edit, a fundamental recut of the film. Oh, God. With, it, 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 when you look at The Godfather the a version that was put on TV, <laughs> well, what? The scene in the car with Draco?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it finishes off. I feel much more relaxed now, thanks, guys. And <laughs> credits.
1: No, yeah, I didn't know about that. Um, Uh, Yeah, it
2: was recut. I believe there was some narration on it. I've not looked into that story too much, but I know it damaged the film's reputation even more. I mean, Godfather got a chronological...
1: died on the way home to his home planet.
2: (laughs) The the Godfather on TV had a chronological re-edit around nineteen. Yeah, it
3: was basically like the first two films, but told in in, in time order. Um, with ah, all the
2: deleted scenes put back in. And there's yeah. one, just to dive, we haven't tangented enough tonight, so we're going to go off on one now. Just the um, the Godfather, there's one deleted scene that I cannot believe they cut out. And it's the scene where, um, obviously, Apollonia, Michael's first wife, gets blown up in a car. Later in the film, and I believe it's in the sequel, so it's a whole like couple of years later, much further on in their lives, they identify one of the the bodyguard who let that happen. And he's, he's moved to America and he's working in like a pizza parlor or something like that. And they blow his car up as revenge. And it's key because it's Michael never lets these things linger. No. He, he will always get revenge. And of course it's cut out. But it is in that theatrical re-edit, that, that re-edit they did. But yeah, this film suffered from that as well. You've also got, as I say, it's Christmas time and it's not a feel-good ending.
1: No, it's not your happy Christmassy
2: ending, is it? It's not like Goldfinger, which a lot of people, I imagine, are looking for. And, of course, you've got the whole business around Lazenby, which we really have to talk about before we we go tonight. Uh, Lazenby quits. Um, There's a long back and forth on this, and it's very difficult to know what to believe. Did you read the article um, earlier, Becca? About Lazenby. Oh
1: yeah, no, yeah, I did it It's quite an interesting story. Um, I don't know
2: if it's true. That's the only problem.
1: No, that's it. I can tell um, you. I think um, the, the, is it part of it's mentioned in the um, Everything or Nothing documentary as well, isn't it?
2: Mm, the thing that we, the, the thing that's never made sense to me in the semi-official versions of the story is there's not a Bond actor anywhere that they would contract for one film.
1: No, it before it even
2: starts, because if that film's a big success. He he's then got you to ransom. If the film's not successful, yeah, it's just it's dodgy. You you. It's always, very dodgy. You always, like always like three or
1: four or five it's or six. three with
2: an option for a fourth or something like yeah. that. What this sto- what this Strange. article we read postulated is that he was actually signed for four, with some non Bond films added on as well over a seven year period. That kind of makes sense because they'd gone to every other year at this point. And during the filming, they, they first off, they'd offered him a seven-film deal. During filming, they keep continually offer him this. And at one point, there's even talk of an 11-film deal that te- would have taken him right up to 1990, which sounds ridiculous, but he would have been about 51 at that point. So, yeah, it's possible. It, I guess it's possible. It could
1: have happened, people.
2: It could have happened, I guess. Um, and rather than him just quitting with the, the story being... It's not popular anymore, it's it's all about easy rider and counterculture and all the rest of it. It was it, this article postulates much more that it was a negotiating tactic at the outset. They offered him a million pounds to do Diamonds Are Forever. And he turned it down. He turned he, he, he counter offers I want to or his agent counter offers he wants to. Now nobody in cinema history has got that as a flat fee at this point. Um, it's it's just a, a ridiculous overegging of what his status is, particularly as the film's not done very well. But a lot of the reasoning, a lot of the reasoning behind the, the sorry the counter argument to Lazenby behaved like a prick was that his contract was phenomenally restrictive on how he could go about living his life. You know, we hear stories of him having to get his dinner guests approved by Eon if he went out to dinner with someone who is yeah, quite controlling his hair had to be a certain length he had to be clean shaven at all times he could literally be fired for not shaving and it was quite clear as filming progressed and, and they got into post-production that Lazenby wasn't going to do any of this he turns up at the premiere with a full beard and his hair, He's got long hair beard, m- comparatively yeah. long um, a bit mop toppy anyway mm. and it's quite clear. So the he's trying to get a better deal, and the studio are wanting to play ball. They are going back and and improving his deal and putting more non Bond films in there, so he could do, you know, seven Bond films, four non James Bond films for the studio, and they could really build him as a star. But I get the impression that his agent just got to a point where he said, "You don't need you don't need it anyway," and we're not getting what we want, and they got to a point where. When they were looking at diamonds it was it wasn't we must have sean connery back it was we must have connery or lazenby and they kind of started like making quite expensive overtures to both of them and hence we had we're gone john gavin ends up getting contracted but this article again i can't vouch for its authenticity we know john gavin was contracted but in this version he's paid half a million dollars and he's told it up front. There's a very similar story about uh, the Untouchables a few later, a few years later, with Bob Hoskins, where they're told, "You can keep this money regardless. If we can't get these one of these people, you're James Bond. But ideally, we want one of these people. We want the current James Bond or the most famous James Bond. John Gavin was in Psycho. You'll know. Never- yeah, that's, like,
1: that's probably the most famous role, isn't it? And then,
2: yeah. um, Who did he play in Psycho, Becca?
1: Um, It was, oh, God, um, Loomis, Marion's boyfriend.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I just think that for a minute.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And um, so you've then got the story that you've got someone, an American in the role, which is very strange as well, although they had made overtures to Adam West and things like that in the past. And you've got one guy who doesn't want to play Bond, but he will screw money out of them to get to play Bond if they, they insist, and another guy who isn't playing ball either. And the whole thing becomes an absolute mess. And before the film is even released, it's definite, Lazenby has quit. They continue to talk to him. It's definitely not a given at that point that he will not play James Bond ever again. But as far as the public are concerned, a film's coming out that is going to be very long. Word of mouth will probably leak a downbeat ending quite quickly. And... The guy who's Bond will never be Bond again, so it's always going to be this one-off oddity. And consequently, the film did less well.
1: That's a bit of a strange one within the canon, isn't it, I think? yeah, We'll have to put a link to that article.
2: We'll have to put a link to that article. It's not... As I say, I can't vouch for the truth of it. The official official story has some of that. The official story definitely has that he was offered seven films and refused it. Um, his agent did the refusing rather than George Lazenby George Lazenby didn't enamour himself What does George
3: to... Lazenby say cuz like the, the typical excuse I've heard from Lazenby is the fact that, that he basically listened to his agent and now he really regrets it um... But the, yeah but the announcement yeah, he
2: that he wasn't himself, go- he? Yeah but the announcement he wasn't going to be Bond anymore came from his agent without Lazenby even knowing that was coming out mm. Um now that's not to say they didn't talk about it or agree it but he was kind of at the whim of this guy. It appears. It's right up there with Decca turning down the Beatles as shit decisions. It really is a crazy decision, um, because the uh, and Eon panicked and uh, to a degree as well, because, oh, more united artists, I think, but they were willing to have Lazenby back. This story that the film tanked, therefore, they get rid of Peter Hunt, they get rid of. That's not quite true. But certainly, they want they they. I think, I think if diamonds had been made with Lazenby, I think it might still have been Guy Hamilton. I think they wanted to go back to something tried and trusted when their films were on the up in box office terms. Um, but, so is
3: that why Peter Hunt didn't come back? Because basically, the studio went right. Well, we're not going to get you back because this flopped. Babe.
2: I mean, well, Peter Hunt had to work very hard to get into the director's chair in the first place. Mm. Um, yeah, he fought quite hard, didn't he? Yeah, Terence Young was never going to come back. Um, so uh, you can see why they've gone back to Guy Hamilton. And in early drafts, there's talk of it being... I mean, we'll talk more about this next week, but it could have been Goldfinger again, effectively. Goldfinger Easily, Goldfinger. yeah. You've got Shirley Bassey back next week. You've got Guy Hamilton back next week. You've got Sean Connery back next week.
1: is have frothy tone.
2: It, um, and it's, it does strike of a, of a studio worrying about the fail the falling of
3: again it's like don't worry guys you
1: know, yeah no guns yeah. here don't worry and it,
2: and it marks the point where the bond series stops innovating it it, it starts to, i mean next week we see it try to recall itself by basically doing a, a pale version of goldfinger and yeah, the weeks got, that follow the innovative
1: film followed by the least innovative film
2: Absolutely, and then the the week after Diamonds, you go to Live and Let Die, which is ooh, black exploitation's popular. And the following week, you've got a, a pointless martial arts sequence because that's popular. And and all of a sudden, the 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 the, Labor s- of the, the series has just starts to lose confidence in itself. And whilst they may have had Lazenby and Be Back, and whilst Diamonds might have been a may- way better film, uh, this is the point where they 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 suddenly don't feel bulletproof because no, ch- in four that. years. They've dropped from 141 million take to the, 80. The
3: thing is, even, let's just say Laszlo did come back. Yeah. The Chances of him actually doing a good performance, though, would you, would you, Do you do you think he would have like just would have been like a in performance out of protest for not really wanting to be
1: there? Out of like, what's the point? Would it would it have been about? Yeah. His... It's so right so we can possibly yeah. know. I
2: mean, he goes off on a cruise after this for a while, and sort of comes back ready to sort of work, and he can't get any. You know, I, I think Lazenby wanted to be an actor. Lazenby wanted to work. It, you know, I. we don't see... I mean, during this film, we're hearing stories of him screwing around and pissing off co- co-stars and refusing to talk to Peter Hunt and vice versa at different times. But none of that shows on the screen. Whether you like or hate Lazenby in this film, he turns up in shape. He does the best he can do with the scenes he's given. He looks the part and I've seen nothing to suggest that he wouldn't have done that for Diamonds Are Forever. No. Um, I mean, he's a lot younger than Connery as well. He's 29 at the point where this film's released. Actually, no, he's just turned 30 by the yeah,
1: time. Yeah, he's 30, isn't he?
2: He's quite young. Uh, by the, but for most of the filming... Of but he it, looks like a mature 30,
3: though. He does look like...
2: He does, but he's 29 during the filming of this. You know, two years later, he's going to be on the set of Diamonds at 31 years of age. We're looking at the same age Connery was for Doctor No. He, he hasn't reached middle-age spread yet. No. So I mean, I, it, it's one of the great what ifs. I think I tend to think of all the what ifs.
3: That's
1: one of the greatest, I think.
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's, I always I was thinking about it today. I was thinking if what would be what if? So let's just say if he stuck with it, it would have at least done another two, f- maybe three. So it would have seen him. If he'd done his
2: original contract, he would have gone through to the Man with the Golden Gun.
3: Yeah. For... And then, and then I was think what well, that that would um, so then. Roger Moore probably wouldn't have come in by then anyway, because he would have been deemed too old at that point. (laughs) Funny enough. (laughs) He's non with 50.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah. that's that's not going to happen. So...
3: Um, So...
2: I I don't know. Get Oliver Reed in. and
3: And then... Dalton? An <laughs> early
2: Dalton? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, if they'd got to Dalton in 77, might you have been interested? He'd have been
3: 33. I mean, he was considered for this as well, wasn't he? Dalton for Majesties,
1: wasn't he? He was way too young though. He
3: was, but he was looked
2: at. That, that story's a bit nebulous because we're always told he was offered it for Majesties. Dalton himself says no. He says I was 24, 25. He says he was older himself than that. He says it was around, um, with what he says he was doing, it looks like it might have been more along the lines of just after Diamonds Are Forever. If he was offered it for this, he wasn't offered the film. No one rang him up and said, do you want to be James Bond in this? His agent was spoken to about a screen test. So he didn't step on the very start of the process, but he was offered a chance to be part of the process. But he'd have been... At the point when they're casting this, he'd have been about twenty three. Too young.
1: A young Tim. Mm, very young Tim.
2: Uh, very young, but I mean he says he was too young. Mm.
1: Um I think you have to be at least Well, at least thirty.
2: <laughs> well, Lazer Me was a bit younger than that, wasn't it?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I
2: a, mean now when the... you look at casting a bond, you don't tend to look beyond sort of mid thirties, but you know
1: No, that's it. I think Pierce was in his like late like, maybe late like thirties early forties, I think he was.
2: Pierce Brosnan was He's 43 or something. Yeah. He, he was a golden knight. yeah. Uh, that arguably is too old because. Well, I mean, we'll get we'll get it the whole. Good
0: though, but anyway, um, yeah, we'll
2: I mean, get to that. No, I mean, he wasn't too old and golden but he did age quite quickly in the role. But you've you've got um, the whole the whole Dalton Brosnan story we'll revisit in length because that's really... that's an interesting
3: one. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'll, I'll be listening to um, James Bond Radio, and they were to- oh, they were talking like uh, particularly about. Living Daylights, and how it's uh, um, It's
2: a Pierce film. Maybe.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, effectively it is. And it's like, oh shit,
2: it is. <laughs>
3: really? Yeah, it, it really um,
1: is, isn't it? Well, um, yeah,
2: because often say, oh, he did a Roger Moore script. No, he didn't. That That is not a Roger Moore film. and I, In fact, Michael G. Wilson says that the earliest drafts of that film were written kind of non-specific, a little bit less comedic than they'd done, but... Yeah, a
0: little bit
2: more vague. I mean, to be honest, I was perfectly happy with what we got, but I think it damages Dalton as we get into his run because he's wrongly perceived as never really wanted mm. and we've got to wait longer for the, the anointed one. Um,
1: it seems like a passing thought, really, isn't it? And then you've got it's like, well, we can't have Piers.
2: To... We'll get him later and and so the world waits for Pierce Brosnan of all, the, of all the people to play James Bond there was very little discussion it was, it, I'm not saying they didn't screen test anyone else but it was always really going to be Pierce Brosnan in 94, 95 yeah okay. um, that's bit, like the, the one. but when you look at transitions and different what ifs The Living Daylights might have been a different film with Brosnan better, or worse, whatever, depends on your taste but it would have been likely the same director because John Glenn was well ensconced. Richard Maybom was still writing for them around then. Uh, I don't think an awful lot would have changed. Goldeneye would have been a different film, but again, it might well still have been Martin Campbell. It might well still have been the creative team we've got. Who knows? With this film, we tend to think, what if? And we imagine like a logical extension of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Whereas actually, what we might have got is you know delete out Roger Moore, stick in uh, not Roger Moore, sorry, delete out Sean Connery, bit of a Freudian slip because Diamonds is a bit of a Roger Moore film in tone.
1: It is in tone,
2: yeah. Deleted, much. Sure. delete out Sean Connery, plonk in George Lazenby, and it's effectively the same film. That is more likely to have been what we'd have got because this film it didn't tank; it was still a success. I think it was the fifth biggest at the world by wide wide box office at the that year that's from memory that may not be correct um but it was still a sizable hit, but the, there was a, not only a downward spiral it was accelerate. it was a fast downward spiral they've shed over sixty million dollars on their take in four years so i I just don't think they would have handed the key straight back to Peter Hunt and said, Have another go' Make the same film again. They may have taken Lazenby, but I just think we would have ended up with largely the film we got in nineteen seventy-one. It's a shame though, isn't it? Well is it a shame? We'll find out next week. (laughs) Well Because we might love it. We're not gonna love it. it. But we're not. We're not, we're really not. I'm 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 quite happy to get to stuff like Live and Let Die for everything I've said. But Diamonds Are Forever is the fag end of an era of a man (gasps) who doesn't want to be there. And if you watch extras on, uh, you know, ahead of when we rec- when we release this next week, you know, uh, when you're listening to this, anyone listening to this, you know, if you've got the extras, go listen to, like, the extras on, on Diamonds Are Forever, particularly on the Blu-ray, because you've got a period interview with Sean Connery at the time. He looks fat, comparatively. I mean... By my standards, he's... We spend uh, a lot of
1: time dissing Sean Connery's appearance, don't we? He, but he doesn't look ready
2: for it. He doesn't look no, fit. And exactly. his attitude stinks. He's talking about how they have basically got him back because of the failure of the last one. And he's talking about he knows what money means to him now. And when they ask him about reading the books, he's read a couple, but... And the yeah, attitude just stinks. Him. And he screws them out of an enormous amount of money um, just to kind of prove a point, it seems.
1: Yeah, he charges like the highest ever, doesn't he? So. Yeah,
2: but the thing that the detail that gets missed there is because um, everyone says, yeah, but he gave it to charity. Well, yeah, on the one hand, that could well be rubbing the producer's noses in it. Yeah,
0: exactly. But also,
2: he was on points as well. Uh, Sean Connery yeah. took home over six million for that film. He only gave the one and a quarter to one point two to charity.
1: Yes, yeah, charity. So. so he
2: still took home megabucks by the standards of that era. To star in a very very tired film, and we're all going to rewatch it this week. We're all going to sort of delve into the extras and, really, and see what we can get out of it. You, you never know, you know. I I, I certainly found Connery. I, I, he didn't look the part anymore, but he was more engaged in "You Only Live Twice" than I remembered. Um, maybe we'll see more in it. But the fact is, we're all sat here remembering a physically quite ugly film with a disengaged leading man a completely kind of miswritten and miscast leading lady a very, very, very camp villain and it it doesn't work and I don't think keeping Lazenby for an extra couple of years would have changed that really
1: Yeah, completely different uh, I, th- I, th- I
3: think probably the key ingredient um, listening to you guys now really is Peter Hunt, if he would have stayed it would have added an extra sort of thing to it yeah, that really um, boosted
1: the whole the whole series, I think, as a franchise. It, it, really would, it, forward. it would have been a
3: lot different.
2: Um, You'd have kept Michael Reed with him, uh, who was the cinematographer on this, because he did work with Michael Reed later on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they got Tom Mankiewicz in next week. Tom Mankiewicz is well known for being creative consultant, but it means almost kind of writer-stroke, almost co-director with Richard Donner on the early Superman films.
0: Yeah. But he
2: brings... Whenever you see, a, he sadly died about four or five years ago of, of cancer. But there's a lot of DVD extras over the years with Tom Mankiewicz interviewed, and he comes off as a really nice guy. He comes off as very knowledgeable, but the, the series, as he gets his fingerprints on it, becomes increasingly goofy and not that funny. And yeah, it, it, I don't know. I mean, if you could get back the team that made this and said, okay, diamonds are forever we're going to keep loosely this diamond plot, we're going to set a bit of it in Vegas, but craft this revenge thriller. And they've got Telly Savalas back as well. That would have been terrific. It
1: would have been twice the film,
2: either. Yeah, unfortunately, they go for some really strange... Because I don't like Tiffany Case very much. Um, I'm not particularly fond of the the Blofeld they choose.
1: Blofeld in drag? Oh, dear.
2: Uh... Well even then that's shorthand for something that isn't I mean it is a problem but it's a bit like people look at octopusy and go ooh he dressed as a clown that's not actually a problem that, lots of things are a problem with the film but not that scene No
0: Um
2: the main thing with diamonds is the second half of it is so fucking boring as well Yeah it's quite dull Um it, it's not even you know at least we we'll die another day we'll have a good laugh at it Um <laughs> oh, we will It's
1: going to be a hoot We'll see in, with Diamond. In fact, are... we
3: might even find something good about Diamond of the day. I, th- I, I, I might have a few good, well, yeah, positive determined. things. you determined. There
1: must be something. Uh, uh, I don't know
2: what they, find. They, it. They, they all look like they've have had a good shower. No, well, the... nice and clean. The nails are tidy. Mm-hmm. I've
3: I've already thought of a couple of good things to say about Dying of the day, but they are fleeting. Don't worry.
2: Okay. Um, uh, all right. The film dies at thirty six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You can
1: look out for that one
2: coming later on, folks. But yeah, we'll, we'll commentate on that one as well. But yeah, I mean, this is... The the sad thing about this is not only is there a real creative drop-off after this and the Bond films stop innovating and the look of the 60s goes and everything else, but they, they didn't even know what a masterpiece they had on their hands until maybe the early mid-90s when this film started getting reappraised.
3: And then it was too like is it, is it kind of sort of similar things I am mean, with *License to Kill* really as well, but but uh, similar, kill... similar those different circumstances.
0: Yeah, but without... I mean, I
2: said I said at the start of this that like this is one of the more controversial films we like in terms of you know <clears> whether <throat> *License to Kill* is more so because we rank it really high, but there are a lot of people who rank it bottom really really low. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand that. But... No, nor do I. But uh, no, I it's
1: mean. Th- I think this
2: is a better. I think this get this film gets more of its ingredients right than License to Kill. You know, it's a prettier, it's a better looking film. It's a better sounding film. Um, Dalton does a better job than Lazenby, I think that's fair to say. Um, but you know, this is this has got the old classic brain trust there. You've still got the best M, and you've still got Richard Maybaum writing.
1: Yeah, it's got all the key key people like you say, are the brain trust. Say.
2: So. Yeah, it's really great
1: fans would be higher it would be easier uh, fans would be more willing to rank this one higher than than daylight uh, than uh, license to kill
2: yeah i would think so i mean it's not it's not going to be for everyone because it's of a different pace it is a, a slightly slower more deliberate pace it's not as action heavy although the action's really done well um and it has a lead well, it's just round. not it's just not
3: showy because it's all mainly all fights you know um and well yeah, there chases. is a, there is a
2: pretty decent avalanche sequence mm. which is done quite innovative because obviously they can't put actors in real avalanches um it's done with the, it's done optically it's really quite well done
1: yeah so yeah as i say quite clever and quite innovative
2: yeah and it just it, it is it's the last time that this series will innovate for a very 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 long time and, um andt be one... is one in out and and he's never really had a career since.
3: It's it, it's a shame because like, like it's a, it's very rare that when a franchise does innovate it gets praised for it you know it it does well because of it it's normally it it's like what happens it doesn't do as well as it 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 it's like people watch it and go oh, that's not what I know and then you don't go and see it it's really it's really frustratingly weird
1: it, yeah so it's a sad one isn't it because that's the whole thing about the Bond series why it exploded into popularity because it was so new nothing you know had ever been seen mm. before. You know, like it. But but when yeah. you
3: start deviating from that, all of a sudden it's like no, no more. It's like it's like television again, again, again. We want the same thing. It gets like, do you not want something different? Yeah, no. you don't
1: want something new. No, you want more of the same. Oh, really? Even
2: now, you get people complaining that we haven't had a, a, a stroke. You know, a standard Bond film. Stand- no, no that's film. It, exactly. They really just want M, where he goes in and gets his briefing, and it's a standalone story. And you know, I can understand.
3: I, I think I've said that though. <laughs> Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're all a bit guilty of that. So. Yeah,
2: but all I'm saying is that we don't always appreciate what we have. And no,
1: exactly. I think we're if, so lucky. Like, I mean,
2: uh, whilst father. I think Craig is more like Connery than Dalton, I think Dalton's closest equivalent is Craig. Though there's no one else that's anything like Dalton. And I mean, Craig is proof that that Dalton wasn't. Dalton was ahead of his time.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. easily,
2: and. That's why Craig is
1: like the right pick that we have now. This was
2: this was ahead of its time for sure. And by the time the '90s rolled round and people were sort of looking at this on home release in its proper format, um, it started to it started to be reappraised. There's still people who can't stand it, but it tops a lot of lists.
3: Yeah, I don't understand those people who can't. I i I can no, I mean, understand maybe at the time, you know, but looking at this now because it, it's just.
1: Yeah, you can't think, oh, why? It's, it's you
3: know. so good. It's just like everything, it's like Dave says, Like Appreciate in, it in, more. in every other aspect, it's like, you know, you have to be really picky to really mm. bag on it. And it's just like... yeah, It's, and, it's, it's a, daily, it's a movie, isn't yeah. it? It you know, does divide fans, like well,
1: even
3: hard- mm. fans. I'd go as far as say the people who don't like it pretty much got the the fingers in their ears going, no, 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 no I'm not listening, not listening, not listening. It's like, well, mm. you know. it's yeah. just You know, fuck's it's sake. It's amazing. You know? why,
1: why can't you see that? <laughs> yeah.
3: In fact if, yeah. in, in fact like watching uh, I watched a few Bond films now and I think I've, I think I've caught a little bit of um, of Casino Royale Real and I watched uh, Quantum of Solace and I've got I, th- I, I think I Craig might be edging my favorite Bond now. I I, I don't know what oh. it is I, I, <laughs> I think I well, I think he's actually better than Connery I know I, it's I it's, a, so. it's a bold if thing to say There like, are
2: scenes where he has more Fleming Bond than I just,
3: I just think he's more alive, yeah, in his performance. Yeah, he's not
1: phoning in the, the reality, And
0: he's definitely
2: yeah. got more of the flowing aspects I mean, to him. Whether you like or hate, um, Pierce Brosnan, for example, as I say, as I said earlier in this, we we, we look at Lazenby like, well, he wasn't an actor. Well, I don't think I, I've seen some films, particularly outside of the Bond franchise, where uh, Brosnan's been really good, but. In a lot of his films, he was a bit of a clothes horse, you know. Yeah, some films
1: where he wasn't great either.
2: It was a model in the role, you know. Effectively, I mean, and I'm not saying he can't act. I'm I'm saying the Bond, the Bond films never really drew it out of him, and except in a couple of places and and one performance in particular. But as I say, I, I don't see, and and you look at you know Roger Moore, Roger Moore, yeah, okay, he's got plenty of gravitas. He's he's got good comic timing, all of those sorts of things. But, I mean, he is basically a raised eyebrow and smell the fart acting.
0: <laughs> I
2: mean, he is. There's scenes where he looks a bit concerned about something and he just sort of furrows his brow a bit. He's got two expressions.
1: Eyebrow acting. So, yeah. to, be, to
3: be fair, both on Brosnan and Moore, yeah. are they are product of the films they were given. Have yeah. they, you know, I mean... Yeah, we, we, of bo- time, both, sure. both, I think...
2: I'm, both, I'm actually or, not... Yeah, but I'm not meaning to rag on them, Chris. Yeah, what okay. I'm trying to say is... If you start ragging on um, Lazenby for certain things, well, it's not like we had Laurence Olivier, then Alec Guinness, then George Lazenby, then Kenneth Brown. You know what I mean? It didn't quite work like that. No. It's not surrounded by a bunch of real acting heavyweights.
3: No, I'm kidding. Yes. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, and again, I think it's just like an action, a reaction to, oh, this is different, and oh, he only did one, oh, well,
2: it must be rubbish. And then, and of course, he always G&G put in G&G. his trailer, it really the trailer is. for the film is, my name is Bond! And that's like yeah. one of the worst line deliveries in the entire mm. film. So immediately, it's like, you know, and then you think, hang on a minute. And everyone forgets as well that the single worst Bond James Bond delivery is coming next week. <laughs> but, oh, that's but he did the one in Doctor No, which was brilliant, and the one in Goldfinger that was brilliant. And people tend to pick on Lazenby at his worst and then Connery and the ones that they like at their best.
3: It's, it's, it's funny because I remember, I think it was, I was reading like, a, a, I think it was a film magazine called Neon. They had like this little um, booklets that you that you get, you know, sometimes like little, like bonus little, like yeah. best of things. And it was like this, this huge little, you know, it was like this tiny little book, but it had like, loads of like different pages on base on essentially like top ten this like no, top ten that top mm. top ten sci-fi or top ten alien films top ten um this kind of thing. It came to Bond films and you know what number one was? It- Diamonds. What? Yeah. And it was like oh it's like it sort of brought it's like previously it like such uh bling surprise and brought in Bond into the seventies this that kind of cool. thing. What? And 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 I noticed that, like in the end they had this um, mm. thing like I was, I, I, acknowledgement for the word or although oh, some sort of comment about 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 uh into, in, it said about Goldeneye was like one of the mentions, and it was basically um, said like oh it's, it's brought it back to like after the terrible Dalton ones and bear in mind this is like mid nineties sort of like ninety seven I was I was It was reading
1: fashionable at the time as well to just dis- and it was
3: just well, yeah and it about. was just like how. How Far Cry now Now I know, now I've actually seen them all and assessed them all in my own I like, very, I'm just,
2: if Diamonds isn't very near the bottom. And yeah, and,
3: how, and yeah. now I know how wrong that, that list is. Like,
1: Diamonds? <laughs> Seriously? You, know. you, can, you can look back on it and laugh and go, uh, really? I
2: hope there's people listening who Diamonds is one of their favourites. We want to attract diverse opinion. This is only opinion um we'll tell you why we like some of them we'll tell you why we don't like some of them um full respect if you feel different except if you um, like diamonds are forever uh, yeah (laughs) i'm only kidding seriously it's it's to each their own and diamonds has a lot of like a a lot of the tropes again i mean i could almost imagine someone who hasn't watched any of them for a long time ranking it quite high because they can remember bits of it
1: yeah, it does contain like some really memorable lines, memorable scenes, and you know most of the wrong formula is there.
3: Mm. Yeah, it does have Bambi and Thumper in it. And it's, <laughs> and it's also <laughs> no,
0: but I, I, of... I, I
3: kind of feel bad now because I've got because I feel like ever since we've done this podcast, we've basically just bagged on Diamonds. For, <laughs> diamonds are forever, and as oh, I, I and forget that sometimes, space, don't worry. sometimes there's people you like. You mm-hmm. might go, "Oh, that's my favorite," and then my I, I, so I, I apologies. If that's the case, it's just. Like, I'm
1: sure there's, you know, we must have some listeners who yeah, start, the day is start a podcast
2: film. and tell the world why diamonds are forever's the best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I think I think
3: what helps is because we we're like we're all three of us are in agreement, mm. so it that that doesn't help.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean,
2: I, li- I listen to a, a couple of podcasts. There's one in particular that ranks uh, this Majesty's right near the bottom. They cannot stand Lazenby's and performance. They hate um, Telly Savalas in the role. And fair play to them. I found that episode quite painful to listen to because they're ragging on something I love, but they, they made valid points. They're not points. You kind out. of
3: want to interject, though. You want to kind of want to just get in like, yeah, don't no, put wrong. I feel i them up and say like, Hang
2: excuse, on me. <laughs> uh, excuse me, think about this. Um, but, you know, so... Right,
1: yeah, everyone's different, fair enough. This film's
2: not overly showy either, so I can imagine it would slip under a few radars as well. If you like, diamonds are forever fair play, but I, I think it's fair to say we don't, you know?
1: Well, I'm sure we'll find it's you know, have some good points here or there. Some yeah. definitely really mm. comedic moments. So.
3: And and also there's the the Roger fans as well. I mean, some some people, mm. uh, some Bond fans like Bond is Roger Moore, regardless of how he's written on the page mm. uh, from the traditional Fleming manner. But their their love affair for for the Bond films are the don't Roger Moore. You literally
2: want the Fleming Bond though.
3: No. You want flavours
2: of it. Because the yeah. cinema, the, the the book, the literary James Bond's fucking horrible. What I mean, the, the, the um, I mean, I don't mean the books are horrible. I mean the man's horrible as a protagonist, no, he's sort
1: of racist, to, sexist, he's misogynist, Bond, just
2: awful, really miserable and nasty about everything. He's and quite I, brutal. Yeah, I just think like Craig echoes him in places. Dolphins. Do like, place. I mean, man? they always say he's the literary Bond, and I've gone along with that to some degree, but he's way nicer, way nicer. And he's nicer than Craig's Bond as well as a man. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's to each their own, to each their own. But this film, currently, six films into this podcast series sits top by a
1: very... Yeah, uh, yeah the number one spot for me, I think, so far.
3: Definitely. Well, well, is that us with... Uh... Oh, no, Majesty's wrapped up. Have we... Yeah,
1: should we, should we wrap up? <laughs>
3: I, I think so I think should, you've heard everything we have to say
2: on the we wrap Christmas. it up like
3: a Christmas present to put on the mm. Christmas tree? And uh, do you know how Christmas trees are made, uh, Becca?
1: With sunshine and rainbows.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and and if like, there are know, any
2: to watch that scene where Bond and Tracy are in the car with Draco and not imagine what they're getting up to. No.
1: So yeah, <laughs> if you want to listen to us on the podcast, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher as well. And Chris, where can you find us on the interwebs?
3: Uh you can find uh on the internet is cinematronicsco.uk uh, cinematronics uh co dot UK uh, where you can also find my lovely other podcast just talking about general movies um called the Cinematronics Podcast. But, yeah.
2: It's amazing. You was Go up all night thinking that title up. Mm-hmm. You were up all night thinking that title up.
3: Well yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was that between uh, Cinematronics Podcast or uh, Futurama, but uh, that was always taken.
1: Cinematronics sounds way, way cooler. Mm. Thank you.
2: We're also we, we also have uh, a Twitter page, which uh, it's twitter.com at expect well we're at expect us to talk, uh, facebook.com forward slash expect us to talk and expect us to talk at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Before Please we do. say goodnight tonight, we did have an email this week from one of our listeners, uh, Brian. What did Brian have to say to us, Becca?
0: Oh,
1: excuse me while I get the email. <laughs>
2: Well, what was the gist I meant? I mean, I did have a look. Yeah, it was g- really
3: interesting. I did, I, I did send an email before, and I was
1: like, where's this email I, I heard about? Okay, I'm going uh, to, uh, to find it in a
0: minute.
1: I don't know. Maybe
2: we just deleted it. I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> we no, did I did keep... delete it, honest. Uh, I've got it
1: here. Yeah,
2: the gist. Brian was, we, we talked about in the uh, Goldfinger or Thunderball episode. I can't remember. No, I think it was the Goldfinger episode. We well, talked I had about... each other at this point, so. We talked about the switch to Guy Hamilton. And Chris asked me why, expecting an erudite response, and I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> And Brian has answered that little question for us.
1: So he says, basically, in 1962, Guy Hamilton was approached to a director to know, fearing it may be a box office flop, and he passed on the opportunity, which, of course, fell into Terrence Young's hands. After the enormous success of the two Young-directed films, uh, he began preliminary work on Goldfinger, off the back of From Usher of Love. Uh, much like Connery, Young felt he wasn't being sufficiently reimbursed for his efforts by Eon United Artists and asked for a percentage of the box office for all subsequent films. Um, Sotsman and Broccoli turned this down on the basis that he felt not one lead actor or indeed director was bigger than the series itself. Plus, he felt this was unnecessary extravagance that could be avoided. Young agreed to this, left Goldfinger unfinished before Guy Hamilton, seeing how successful the first two films had begun, jumped on board to her, Paul Dane and Richard Mirbaugham to polish the uh, Goldfinger script. Um, there says yeah, Young then left the Goldfinger project and then said he would not return to direct another Bond unless it was a final Bond film and series. As Connery had signed a seven-picture deal, he therefore assumed that this would probably be the end of the 1960s and therefore be the directors to finally put Bond to rest. After the massive success of Goldfinger, Young got in touch with Saltzman and Broccoli to claim that he would outperform Hamilton by delivering the biggest Bond yet in Thunderball. This boast, coupled with Hamilton's increased fee for a return to Thunderball, that the producer to once again hire Terence Young to direct, to indeed direct Thunderball. As we all know, the problems escalated with the legalities and the involvement of Kevin McClory, and Terence Young felt he was not given the freedom and the collaborative input he had once done all Dr. No, and from a show of love. Hence, Young quit the series following Thunderball's release. And amazingly, much later, was offered the director's chair, not only on the eon Never Say Never Again, but also on the non-Eon Never Say Never Again, but also eons for your eyes only. he reportedly turned both offers down. So very interesting.
3: So basically, Gary Hamilton's a bit of a glory tart. It's like, oh, Pretty no, much, I, yeah. I don't want to do Dr. <laughs> no, oh, 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 it's actually quite successful. I'll do it now. Mm-hmm.
2: We'll talk about Guy Hamilton again in the next few weeks, because he directs the next three, um, but he was originally attached to Superman the movie as well. But we'll come to... A little bit around that. Yeah, I'm kind of Talked glad about... it was very Donner.
0: interesting, wasn't
2: it? Uh, yeah, they did some test footage that I've actually seen, and oh my god. Yeah, oh. we, we got off pretty well with them. We got off with Richard Donner. That's not what I meant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he
3: got
1: off with Dick? We got... Really? <laughs> we,
2: got, we got Dick off. His friends call him Dick. They do call him Dick.
1: Yeah, you hear that on the. Um, yeah, Dick the yeah, I think Donner's
2: him. fine, but you know, I'd rather have like lamb and chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I uh, think we will leave it there. Do you know what? Chris? I, I like I'm it done mix, for the mate. evening. What about you? Hmm? I'm done for the evening. What about you?
3: Stick a fork in me. I'm done. <laughs>
0: Sorry.
2: What has penetrated penetration tonight, isn't it?
0: <laughs>
2: Becca, finish us off. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know what I mean. I'm just gonna go now. <laughs> Otherwise, so I won't sleep. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, he yeah, yeah, a bit very rude, I think. So
2: <laughs> that's all right. Chris will edit all that out, I'm sure. But sh- yeah, no.
1: that, that's probably like the cleaner podcast. No, I won't.
2: <laughs> no you won't. Okay, Becca, what's up next? What's happening now? What's going on?
1: <gasps> Do you expect us to talk? We'll return with. Diamonds are forever. Though Ugh.
0: <laughs> 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 so, it could be, yay.